When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, Kristen Ashton, and of course, Kyle Ferguson, baby chunks along for the ride as well today. We're going to play D&D and we're going to have some fun. Fuel yourselves while you watch us with some sweet, sweet tea from our friends at phoenixpearltea.com. I almost said Phoenix. phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Find all of our TWBD branded teas and uh, use the code TWBD100 for 20% off your order. I personally like anything to do with the matcha tea selection. Uh, In particular, Pixie Blush, you might like that one as well. I think there I'm are new st- flavors. Have we talked about them? We have. We have briefly, uh, but it's been a while. We ought to mention one. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, it'd be good if I had this up. So the one that's uh, I haven't tried it yet, but the one that I am going to try and report back on mm-hmm. as soon as I do is the M Fuel. Wait, M Fighter. It's shit. What, what M? <laughs> what's the name? You created M Fighter. it. <laughs> Oh, I, I forgot the Here it is. Word. It's M Fighter Fuel Tournament Edition. Yeah, that's the fuel. How can I forget the fuel? Yeah, it's, the most important. it's what it does. Yeah. It's a <laughs> M double... Fighter Fuel Tournament Edition. Yep. Um, it has a warning, kind of not really, not a real warning label, but it's like chock full of caffeine. Oh, yeah. And big time. I'm trying to reduce my caffeine intake. So one of these days, I'm going to crack that open like next week in the morning. Mm hmm. And have a cup full. And I'm, it's the tournament edition, so you know it's for professionals. It's mm-hmm. the one you want. You don't want the regular kind. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Bok, bok, this formula is distilled to, to, to enhance D&D performance to perfection. Yep. And even if you're not a tea fan, you might be blown away by this stuff. Mind Flayer's Delight, also very good. Caramel Rubios Herbal yeah. Tea. Mm. All right. Uh, enough about that. It is time for us to dive back into what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. And the person we have doing that is always Kristen. So, Kristen, take it away. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, it was a terrifying trek to the tavern. Stealth, though, stood strong, peeling them past pest after pest until corpses and carnage gave way to a grand gaze. The golden sands. Guardedly, they gave ground. Empty. They then dove downstairs in pursuit of a particular passage. Recently replaced with bunches of blowies, Varel vocalized his vicinity. Bok Bok burst out and bounded to the bosom of his buddy, bawling. Angelashi also appeared, though much more moderately, now noticeably natal. But the city sunk, there was no time to tarry. Nash sped through his spell until a mental message delayed their departure. Nobieri had come with a curious collection of creatures, the elves. Varel demanded departure, sick of sidetracks, but Stanley stayed, seeking the sudden sounds of success. 
the elves were eliminating the evil with empathic electronics. They greeted Stanley and his group graciously, offering an out on their spaceship. Varel, however, remained reluctant when a cry came out. Carthax was killing and the bombs were busts. This was what Varel was waiting for, a proof of his power to these people. Varel took to take Carthax down with Stanley, Nash, Squirts, and Melgor. Towering atop torn tieflings, the terror taunted the tryhards. Varel ran at the repulsive ransacker, battering him with blow after blow alongside his allies. Yet daring do is not without destruction. Disintegrate beams blasted Squirts and Melgor back to the beyond. As baby chunks fell to the floor, Varel, Stanley, and Nash, fierce, Nash fiercely fought, bringing Carthax to bend. Bok Bok delivered dynamite into the demon's diaphragm as Varel punched peace poppers into a peeper. The explosion ended the enemy's emotions, finishing the fight. Stanley pushed a puke out of the power to bring Bok Bok back, and the trio took to the ship short too, wary of what now waits. But before the beckoning birth, we returned to the rueful rails of Hope and her rapscallions, Blood Skunk, Dr. Spider, and Serious Business. Will they manage to make it to Tabacho? Will Tabacho even agree to lease the location of the looker? And once wagered, where will they wind up? Stay tuned for today's adventure following the fearsome feats and bruising beats of the Hell Squad. Well done, as always. All right, Poe, it's on you. He's Hope, me. Oh. Dr. Spider. Nope, not muted. No, nope, you're fine. Pause. Sorry, it was a long pause. <laughs> <clears throat> thanks. Thanks for, thanks for enhancing it. Uh, Hope, Dr. Spider, Serious Business, and Blood Skunk Hendrickson appear through a portal. It's gray-purple cloud of mist forms when the portal opens with it like formed by it and the four of you walk into the open air of Sigil the portal summarily closes behind you quickly with a and you can smell the smell of acrid sulfurous air from blacksmiths hammering at their anvils you hear far out the sound of chatter although no one's in your direct vicinity the sound of chatter and conversation the din of mercantilism uh, resonates audibly all around you. You're in an unremarkable street in the city of Sigil. Uh, There are houses along either side. In the distance, you can see a more uh, market-like area. Uh, The roadways are made of cobblestone. And you're in a quaint sort of neighborhood. Medieval houses line either way. Hope we'll look around to see if she can find any um, taxis. Sorry, there's a dog barking like crazy here. I didn't know what it was over my headphones. I had to check. What was it you said? Uh, Hope's going to look around and see if she can find a taxi or a rickshaw. Okay. Um, You scan the the horizon, but you look down either the left side or right side of the street and, and see nothing. There isn't a soul out walking on this road. Um, right. Uh, hope we'll look back at the companions and go, well, I guess we walk a bit. Unless any of you know where Tabacho is. 
I have no idea. <laughs> Says Blunk's blood skunk Hendrickson. Cool. Well, I guess we'll just start walking down the road then. <laughs> All right. Do you want to head uh, on the northern road or the southern road? Uh, let's go north. Okay. So you begin making your way, walking casually uh, down the road. Are you walking along the side of the cobblestone or in the middle of the road? It would be on a sidewalk. Yeah, okay. There's no Unless real sidewalk. Unless walking but you can, in but you the middle walk. of the road counts as an evil act. It doesn't count as an evil act, but it's no, it's it's notably more badass to just walk in the middle of the road than to politely walk on the side to allow possible horses and carriages by. I'm just wondering what your preference is. Hope would start on the sidewalk. Okay. And everyone else, do you follow Hope's lead in walking on the sidewalk, or are you the more badass version and walk in the road? Uh, I will follow her lead, for sure. Okay. I see Dr. Spider nodding. Yeah, I'll follow behind. Not worried okay. about sidewalk <laughs> in a, or street, now, really. in a gaggle of three or single file? I mean, I would be... I would think I just it would, need to know how this this picture of you guys walking in a quaint neighborhood, like uh, three demons politely walking one after the other on the side. I mean, yeah, know. it would be a you know spider in a in a lab coat with the full backpack, the baby X one Celeste pack with the golden child floating around inside of it, a big nose Hansel coming down to like a basically a minigun <laughs> walking down the street here. Yeah, I would be all in my leathers walking behind him. I think in a straight line would make the most sense to make us look both the most badass and probably conspicuous as well. I'm sure people no, are noticing. Darius is walking to the side. A little behind him to the side. He'll be in the road. Okay. Okay, perfect. So it's almost the Beatles walk, except Sirius is off to the side in the yeah. middle of the road. Okay, perfect. So you, you make your way down the road in almost single file. Um, and uh, as you make your way down, you come across an intersection. It's quaint. There's a crosswalk uh, to the other side. Again, the houses are all quiet, and you look down left and right and forward and don't see anyone in their front yard. Well, it's pretty quiet, and Hope will continue north. Okay. Should it not be? We can make it loud. Uh, uh, no, I was just, there aren't any people here. I believe this is what's called in, uh, uh, practical terms, a civilian neighborhood. Lots of, uh, weak, um, profitable, perhaps? Day job types? Perhaps we should follow the sound of the blacksmiths plying their trade. Yes, Hope. Uh, do forgive the transgression, but where are we heading? We have to find Tabacho, but I was never here in Sigil. So I don't know which way to go. She's new here. What does the cow think? Mysterious George, pipe in. 
Well, I think that uh, if we're going to be all new in town, we're going to need to have a guide. I say we knock on a couple doors and grab ourselves a couple of escorts. Get someone who knows the land. It's a good idea. I like blacksmith first. If they don't know anything, then we grab someone and have them take us to Sebastio. The perfect plan. Lead the way. <laughs> I'll look a little confused. And what would I roll to walk the direction of the blacksmith sound? Don't need to roll a direct. Oh, you want to isolate where it is? Okay. Um, yeah. uh, perception, please. Oh, nice. Uh, 24. Okay. So you stop a moment. You hold a hand up to shush the... Um, party members and listen and you hear that it's coming from the direction where the the, the market buildings that you sort of see this are taller out in the horizon in the direction you chose to go so continuing north it won't be long before you get to that part of town all right and then hopefully keep going north all right so the four of you cross the crosswalk in single file Mysterious, just a little off. And if any fan artists want to do a Beatles cover of this team, picture that now. And walking across a cobblestone road, one at a time, one after the other. A tiefling, a demon, a demonistic tiefling, a clown demon, a spider demon, and a minotaur in a business suit. <laughs> is anyone is anyone way. barefooted? Does anyone have no shoes on? Probably the spider, right? Mysterious doesn't wear shoes. Oh, you don't. Oh, yeah, no okay. shoes. He's got hooves. All right, then you're the you're the uh, you're the Paul. Or yeah, you're the Paul of this scenario. You have no shoes on, and so rumors will go around that you have died. And in all our music, if you play it backwards, it'll say Paul is dead. <laughs> deep cut. If you're an '80s kid, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Deep cut. Deep cut. Sorry, both. It's okay. No, we have to make time for those deep cuts. Yeah. Now, you, you moved across the, the crosswalk. Uh, this moment has passed. Uh, snapshot captured forever in time through our conversation. And you move down the road um, a little bit further and hope you see on the periphery as you're scanning for movement. Uh, there's a human gentleman in some, you know, uh, like breaches up to his knees and in a, you know, I don't, in a loose, you know, medieval shirt, right? Cloth uh, jerkin of some kind, perhaps. And he's raking the lawn. And you see he's an older gentleman with a crop of white hair and a bit of a beard stubble on his face. And he's uh, he's humming a tune. There's one. Let's ask him. Yeah. Mysterious is going to go stomping over to him. Okay, because you're stomping. The guy stops his, you know, he's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And he looks up and he looks around and, and towards you. And, he, and as he's stopping over, he goes, Howdy, neighbor. I'm going to try and grab him by his head. Oh. Uh, like, okay, grapple? Yeah. Uh, okay, he sees you coming and he sees the intent. So we're going to have to do an initiative roll first for this. Okay. Um, the rest of the party can join in if they wish. Let them decline. It's a uh, 15 for Sterius. Okay. Anyone else joining in this altercation? Um, 
No, I'll it won't, stand. It won't last long. Stand right. back with my arms folded and stare ahead and watch. What I just want to know if anyone wants to be in. Okay, cool. Uh, you go first, Stanley. So make your grapple roll. If that's your action. All right. You may have uh, multiple attempts available to you. Is that an athletics or? Um, so it it will be. It's a contest, but grapple you can use the attack action and you can replace an attack with a grapple attempt. So if you have extra attacks, you can attempt several grapples. Okay, so I run it. I roll it like an unarmed strike then. Uh, no, you're gonna roll it like a contest. So you, like, you're gonna add your athletics to it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's just that it count. It uses up your attack action, not your whole action. Okay, it's a fourteen. Okay, uh, <laughs> so you walk up to this guy who has a rake in his hand. He begins to lift up the rake, and you kind of just knock it out of his hand. <laughs> this goes flying, and you grab him by his head. You now have this uh, late-aged man's head in your hands. All right, I drag him back over to Hope. <laughs> hey, what? What are you doing, Na- neighbor? What? What's the meaning of this? Put him in front of Hope. Just turn him around. Set him there. Thank you, Sirius. Uh-huh. Tobacco Fleur. Do you know where he is? The, the district. Whatever that district was. To- I- I'm sorry, Missy. Tobacco who? I- what's the meaning of this? What- I might give him a little <laughs> bop on the head. <laughs> okay. Uh, attack roll, please. Is it non-lethal or lethal, by the way? Uh, he's not smart enough to know the difference. He's just going to bomb him. I just need to know for accidental killings or not. If we're It would be want... accidental, but I, I say go it's with it. It's a lethal attack? Okay. That's all I want to know. He just doesn't know how strong he is. He's just going to bop him. Okay. It was so... 11 to hit him. Okay. It's a hit. You do one plus your strength to him. That's five damage. Okay. <laughs> you bop him on the head and there's this loud crack and he goes ah! he starts yelling out in the quiet neighborhood ah! and you hear like a, a bucket fall over inside of a house nearby you give him a little shake look just answer the question <laughs> I don't think he might know serious Perhaps we could have just asked him. I am asking him. In a way less violent. I shake him a little bit more. Please, please, unhand me. I, 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 don't, I don't know what you want from me. Look, I'm extremely good at getting information. This is how it's done. You Mr. give him a little bop, you give him a little shake, and you ask him questions. Mr. M- Mr. Um, Minotaur. M- I'm in a lot of pain. Uh-huh, you're going to be in a lot more. You don't answer questions. Please put me down, neighbor, and we can talk. I'm sure we can sort this out. Me holding you is not preventing you from speaking. <laughs> I don't know anything, I swear. Shake him a little bit more. Hear, hear a voice from the yard. Hey, you there! What are you doing with, uh, Charles? We need to find out where Tabacho Fleur is. Which direction? There's another human out there and similarly dressed. You don't come into a neighborhood and start shaking people up asking for directions. That's rude. I'm going to call the harmonium. Oi! Oi! He starts calling the harmonium. Let's get out of here. 
Uh, the authorities might know the location of our prey. The authorities might want to hurt us after what just happened. What happened? We're asking him a question. He's not answering it. Hey, do you think maybe your buddy back there knows where we can find Tabacho? From behind you here. Young man! Young man! You want to hand that man at once! And then you turn around, there's an old lady now with a cane just moving out of the house, dragging one leg. Young man! That's quite enough! Uh, my shadow begins to ink away from the body and slide over to a position near them and manifests as a shadow version of Sterius standing next to these people. I can ask all of them at the same time if you want. I don't think they know anything, Sterius. Intimidation roll, please. It's uh, a 16. The guy, so so you're, this, this projection of yourself, it appeared behind both of them, both the old lady and the man yelling from his house? Uh, whichever one was, uh, probably the man, the first okay. guy. Alright, so the, the man reacts feeling a chill. He looks behind and sees, he can, he can see this, right? There's a mm-hmm. apparition. Yeah. And he goes, Bill, you're on your own! And he goes back into his house and slams the door shut. <laughs> The old lady approaches up. You feel a tap on your shoulder. You feel the cane hitting your arm. Young man! Young man! Put that... Put Bill down! Let's go, guys. I thought his name was Charles. Charles! I... It's Bill! And he hits you with the cane. Who, me? Hope's gonna no. start no. walking away. He's hitting serious. Okay. Do you know where we can find Tabacho Floor? She takes, she takes it into question and, and goes, Young man, I'm not giving you anything you want when you treat people like that. Gonna you get out of here now! Right in the face with a big old minotaur finger. Okay, stop gonna, and watch. Is this for damage? Or is oh, just yeah, absolutely. It would be, Make an attack roll. I mean, unless they're secretly super powerful. Make an ah, attack it's roll. Nine. It's not good. It's nine. It's nine? Yeah. Fortunately, it's enough to hurt an old lady. <laughs> so five points of damage? Five points of damage to her face. All right. You crush her nose inside of her skull. Jeez. She, go- she goes, ah! She collapses to the ground. Ah, 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 help, help. And more doors begin opening. Uh, hey, what's going on there? Hi. What's the meaning of this? I don't know. Charles is in trouble. And you, you hear people starting to exit from their homes. Hope these people don't seem to know anything. No, they don't. We should leave. <laughs> Hope's glad you Thank got you there. Thank you for asking, though. Uh, Sirius is going to start walking away, still holding Charles, and then uh-huh. kind of maybe realize it a little bit halfway down the street and then just let him go and keep walking. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so, well, thankfully you haven't killed anybody, so that's good so far. Uh, you begin walking uh, away from the scene as, you know, the rest of the, the, the people of this neighborhood begin coming out and rushing to the aid of the old lady and to Charles. 
as you guys hurriedly continue walking down the road. Um, it is my opinion, Hope, that there should be no witnesses. Pharrell, I think if we kill anybody, this will just grow bigger than we can contain. Who's Varel? <laughs> I thought I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Varel you Ho- speak of? Hope we'll go wide-eyed for a little bit. It's no one. Uh, Dr. Spider, I don't think that's a good decision. This could Very go well, well beyond all of us. Very well. All right, so the party continues on down the road, and you continue making your way with much more speed because of the altercation that just occurred uh, to an area of town that um, the buildings get taller, more mercantile as it gets closer. And you see that there's this alley, and it's filled with blacksmiths, and you see that there are blacksmiths working at various stands. The heat from forges and the sound of metal clanging against anvils ring out in the air. Um... There are stalls, as far as the eye can see, and customers now, a lot of customers in this area, perusing the metal wares of each of these vendors. And you realize that you're in some sort of hub for blacksmiths. It may not be the only one in Sigil, but it definitely looks like a well-trafficked one. Cool. Um, Would I remember what the name of the area the Tabacho was in? Well, there there is the Great Bazaar, but this this doesn't seem like the Great Bazaar to you. No, no, because the frog... Oh, would you remember where Tobacco was? Yes. Yeah, because Hope hive. was there, the hive. Yeah, the okay. hive, yeah. It was explained to you. You yeah. remember that. All right. Uh, so Hope's going to go up to the first blacksmith she finds. Um, hey, you want me to interrogate this guy for you? We don't need to interrogate him. We just oh. need to ask. The hive. Do you know where it is? I just saying it that to the first blacksmith or first person that you see? First blacksmith. Okay. Perfect. So <clears throat> there's one one particular very oiled, you know, a man with like sort of charred blackened skin from from years seemingly at the at the forge. His skin like caramel. And he, he's sweating his brow, sweating his bald head, and he's got his, you know, leather apron on. <clears throat> and as you approach he he looks up to speak to you, he says Roy, what can I help you with? And you ask the, the question. The yeah. I need to know what direction to go. Oh, love, uh, it's a ways off. Uh, are you planning on getting there walking? Rickshaw taxi some way. Right, well, if you want a rickshaw, you can go up to the square and get one. But, uh, you know, it's a complicated city. I wouldn't want to uh, confuse you by giving you the wrong directions. Just uh, ask the rickshaw driver where he is. Well, sure. hope will nod, and then she'll take off to the square if that if that direction was. Can indicated. I interest you in any uh, armaments? Uh, seems like your friends uh, they might like a a useful weapon or two. Did you all want anything? What? What is available? Kind well, of. swords here. Um, we make the finest swords in all of Sigil. Do you have jagged pointed arrows and bows with which to knock them with? Hmm. You're looking for a Fletcher. 
Although I do make arrows. Uh, bow I can't help you with, but if you seeking something a little barbarous in the form of arrow, I might be able to have something. What were you looking for? At this point, anything that will shred those I aim it toward. Hmm. Well, let the DM look at the list of items available. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did offer, right? Whatever but, it uh, takes it, to render. Are you the looking for? Are you looking for anything in particular? Flesh rending, barbaric pointed arrows. Flesh rending. Yes, rend the flesh of my enemies. And those who stand in the way of my patron here, Hope. Uh, another question, just for Scott, though, out of character. Do you have any money? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a fair question. I got. I just looked because I thought that same thing. I have five gold. Uh, actually, I don't remember. Hold on. My inventory says. Where's other possessions? I guess I don't have any gold. It's under equipment up near the top. Currency. Oh, yeah, I have zero. <laughs> I paid you ten gold as a cut of all the organs from last time. Oh. Well, then I'm going to put that I have ten gold. <laughs> and I'm going to add that. I now have ten gold that I would like to spend some of. Although, okay, so our trip here meant we, I mean, when we got here, we lose all our weapons, right? Wasn't that part of the deal? Or not? Huh? No. Didn't we no, lose them? Stuff. Oh, well then. No. The first time, you, but you came here in a bad way the first time you came here, right? Mm-hmm. You, you came here through regular-ass portal. You're good. Okay, yeah. so. I mean, we've been in a fight. You might have used some of your equipment, but we we'll still have I still have 300 plus arrows, so maybe I don't need them You have 300 right arrows? Yeah. <laughs> How much does it weigh? Sorry, four hundred minus. That they have a weight. You have a weight limit. <laughs> yeah. It's well, just I'm dragging a bag of arrows. <laughs> currently, <I'm, laughs> currently, wow, where it's invisible. You have if you have four hundred arrows. You have a sack of arrows. Even with even with those four hundred arrows, I am I am carrying one hundred and fifty four pounds, and I am unencumbered, so I'm okay. Um, okay. But I also uh, used three of these arrows, so I'm doing that now. Requiring a check, I won't be able to move on until I verify this. You can totally look. Uh, 153.85 pounds, unencumbered. It says. Yeah, you're carrying 20 pounds in arrows. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, you know how much? You know how many? Like you have a giant sack of arrows on your back. Yeah. A ton of arrows. Yeah, like, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask any. For some reason, I was thinking we had stuff confiscated, but we didn't. So yeah, but just to be clear, you don't have any magical containers. So whatever you carry has to go somewhere physically on you. So you have a massive backpack of arrows. Yeah, but uncum- unencumbered okay. shouldn't matter, right? In battle, because you're not gonna. It's not an me. encumbrance thing. It's just. You look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a Donkey Kong barrel of arrows on you your back. You have 400 arrows on your back. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe some in your pockets. I'm sure you've got compartments with that many arrows. It Y'all are patronizing feel- the clown demon for how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not patronizing him. I just want it to be clear yeah. what we're all imagining here. Yeah, I'm stacked. I'm stacked with things. arrows. I'm stacked with I arrows. I feel like, like NPCs will be distracted by the fact that there's some clown wearing 400 arrows on <laughs> He's like a Rob Liefeld drawing, but instead of pouches, it's arrows. Yeah. Where there would be a pouch. Like around my arms, you'll have slots for multiple arrows. Like shink, 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 shink. I call them Blood Skunk and not Arrow Man. <laughs> <laughs> How 
I don't even think. What's funny is I don't. I think it defaulted that for when I made him. Okay, it's fine. You know what? I'm not paid. I just. I'm getting a lot of amusement out of this little fact of your character. I'm sorry. That's fine. Distracted. Totally fine. I came prepared. I'll say it that way. So I don't really need this guy for anything. I like the sound of your wares, but perhaps later. Because, see, if I would have known you had 400 arrows in the pack, when you asked them, do you have any arrows? My NPC might have responded, I think you got enough arrows on your backpack anyway. You see why this is important? Perhaps you'd like to sell some to me. I see you've got a, a mighty pouch of arrows on your back. You can never have too many. So if you're a source for these, in case I go through all 395 of the rest of them, I will take a dozen for, for, I'll give you one gold for a dozen. So good, right? That's totally shit. It's not bad. Uh, Does it? Hold on a minute. These are worth 20 gold per, let's see, where is it? They're not worth twenty gold per. They arrow. are. Hold on, cost gold. The whole bundle. Oh, the whole bundle is. Gold. Yeah, yeah. So yes, twelve arrows for how much gold? One gold. Two, and you're it's a deal. That's too rich of a price. Uh, You'll make me broke, eh? Well, then f f off, and I'll turn around and go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> he mutters to himself. Says me right for dealing with clown. <laughs> He goes back Watch your clang, tongue, clang. common man. You don't we'll want head to the square. You don't want four. You don't want any of these arrows piercing your petty skin. The blacksmith looks up at you and thinks better of it, and is the wiser and more mature of the two of you, and just shakes his head and moves back to hammering his on his anvil. I go the blade that he's working on. I just go. <sighs> And I turn the other way and follow up. Okay. All right. The four of you make it to the square. And as you can see in this part of Sigil, for whatever reason, there's a small little market hub that probably serves the suburban sort of area that this place seems to be. Um, in the middle is a great fountain. There are large buildings and this cobblestone ground opens up to a larger square. There are fruit vendors here, different vendors of various types. Um, a lot of activity going on in one of the buildings. Seems like there's some sort of lecture happening. And uh, there's a few rickshaw drivers having conversation uh, over by a cafe. There's, uh, there's a human, and one of them is a uh, lizard folk with a rainbow fin. Uh, with whom's uh, name I can't think of. Yeah, maybe. Hope wouldn't know him anyway. No, that's true. Hope will go over and say... We need a rickshaw. Okay, the human uh, looks to you and he says, <clears throat> Right then, I can take you. Where are you going? We, and Hope will not um, motion to the three others, need to get to the hive. Need to go to through the, the hive. Oh, Lord, that's. <clears throat> All right, uh, it's going to be a long journey from here. It's going to be. Uh... 15 gold pieces, please. I'll take the payments up front, considering your companions. What do you mean by that crack? I mean nothing by it. It's the hive. It's not exactly the world's safest place, and you don't look like the safest uh, beings I've met today. 
You've got that right. Do not cross us. Have his name as Bungor. Bungor. <laughs> the rainbow frail. I may have written it down wrong. Yeah, you're not talking to Bungor. You're talking to the human. Oh, okay. And I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to find the name too because I forgot to note it down. And I'm drawing a blank. So also wrote, as part of this is. I what is it called again? Frick. Bungor rickshaw driver lizard rainbow frail. It's not so Bungor. I think that's oh, there we go. Um, I have the right notes here. Fambo Joe is the main guy. That's the name I was remembering. But that's not right. God, freaking! Oh, it is Bungor. Okay, well done. Good job, John. <laughs> You're right. Good job, John. Yeah, well done. Could, I couldn't remember Bungor. I take subpar notes. So what'll it be, Miss? Who has fifteen gold? Very well, I shall pony up. And I pass over 15 gold. Okay. Perfect. He looks at the gold, takes it, and he nods. All right, then get in. All right, hope we'll start getting in. All right, so this particular rickshaw driver, he's wearing, you know, uh, shorter shorts. He's got a tank top on, but it's medieval style tank top, so it's got like frilly things on it. And he's got a solid pair of moccasins that are running, not moccasins, but running shoes. You know, they look kind of got pointy, like almost like, you know, like gnome shoes, how they're sort of pointed up in the bit or witch's shoes. His shoes are pointed up a bit, but they look like sport kind of shoes, but made of leather. Um, You guys all get into the seats. Uh, It's a crowded fit. Uh, So I don't know who's sitting next to who, but uh, is there any contemplation that you want to have for that no just i'm gonna have to take the giant massive greatsword off my back and maybe set it on the floor i don't know i set it somewhere somewhere that makes sense you can hold it in your hand like this while you ride okay the worst case right well yeah i'd have to hold it by the blade it's big it's bigger Mm -hmm. than a man okay so it's like a sail for on a boat the way you're holding it maybe that would be (laughs) sticking straight up yeah. <laughs> Unless you just wanted to let it drag. No. All right. So the rickshaw driver takes off uh, as you guys just try to figure this out and don't. Uh, you pick whatever seat's available and you're off. And next thing you know, you're spinning past these houses of Sigil, all sorts of people out raking their lawn, having little backyard barbecues, a family of gnomes. And the older gnome is reading these little gnomes a story. Uh, there's sort of two elves uh, sitting on a bench in their backyard watching the fountain shoot water out and it's this very idyllic uh very scenic area and very soon this cloud of smog begins forming it's thicker and thicker and as you can see in the horizon you begin approaching this depressed area of the inner sphere where it's dark and and it's almost like the neighborhood's circular you can kind of see it as it you know from a distance as you ride towards you can see it rise up into the horizon so you see this this round dilapidated, run-down part of Sigil. You get a full sort of almost aerial view of it as you get closer and closer to it. Uh, An hour goes by, and you begin approaching this part of town. There's almost this, like, sudden change in the health of even the houses, where the houses just become a little more oily and a little more dirty. And as you get to this outskirt, you can see in the distance there's a harmonium guard, uh, 
standing at the entrance to the hive, and the rickshaw driver slows down a bit and says, You're going to be able to get past the checkpoint. There's got to be a way in without one of those guards. We have our ways. I mean, hum- really, they don't look like that much if they wanted to try and stop us. No, but uh, if you want to move about freely in town, it's better to stay on their good side. Um, so you don't have a way through. Now, I just so happen to have a writ to get through here, which I don't like to use. Unless I have to. Let's pretend you have to. All right, well, um, <clears throat> let's also pretend that uh, there's some trouble associated with using such, and as we live in a world of commerce, that should be compensated. Fifty gold, perhaps. Fifty gold. That sounds like a ripoff. <laughs> House is about twenty. Blood skunk, always looking for a deal. 35 gold. 25, no more. All right. I'll look to the spider. You're the only one with enough gold. <laughs> I just wheel and deal somebody else's gold. I cut the deal I mean, I down for you. you're evil, so that's fair. <laughs> Very well. In service of hope. All right, perfect. So, uh, Dr. Spider, you hand over the, the gold pieces, and he counts them up, puts them in his pants, in like a slender little pocket in his pants, uh, where you can kind of see gold jutting out around the butt cheek. And, you know, just like he's got this butt, but then there's like clearly gold coins on the butt cheek. Um, so then he turns around, and he fishes a piece of paper out of his um, out of his shorts again. And then he trots up to the Harmonium Guard, and the Harmonium Guard go, Oh, you there! Slow down! And then the rickshaw driver moves up closer, and he says, uh, Don't worry, I've got um, authorization to service in the hive. And he shows his writ up to it. And the, there's three knights here. Two of them are on horseback. Actually, all three of them have horses, but one of them is off. And the one that's off, he's got a crop of very curly brown hair. He's got lots of zits and freckles, but not a lot of facial hair on his face. He's wearing shiny silver and gold armor uh, with the harmonium uh, emblem blazed uh, atop it. And he moves towards the letter, and he looks at it, and he goes, Let's see if everything's in order here. Hmm. And he looks over at the cast of characters in the rickshaw seat. He goes, How well do you know these people? And the, the rickshaw driver responds. He goes, they're just my clients. I don't know them at all. And he goes, that's what I thought. And the guard, his armor clanging on the ground and crunching under the cobblestone stones, the little, the little tiny ones, moves up to you guys. And he goes, what business do you have in the hive? Where we're from. Uh, deception check, please. Uh, twelve. Hmm. There are all kinds in Sigil. 
But I don't recall coming across too many spiders with legs and who wear a strange white coat. Or clowns carrying hundreds upon hundreds of arrows in its bag. And what manner of dress this minotaur's wearing is also a confusing thing for me. You sure you're not here to make trouble? Why would we be here to make trouble? Because you're from the hive. I've been paying attention to the things you're saying. <laughs> and I'm not stupid. What business you have in the hive? We're here to see Tibacho. Whoa! That's a bit too honest, isn't it? How many arrows would it take for you to turn around and go the other way? <laughs> the harmonium guards look at each other. <laughs> they pause a minute. And he looks at you again, Hope, ignoring Floodskirt completely. <laughs> it goes, go on, through. He taps the, the wheel with the, with the sword. The sword's still in the scabbard, but he just kind of taps it. Wink, wink. And the rickshaw driver immediately starts moving. He looks back and he says, That was a close one. You proceed into the hive. And as you make your way into this new area, you recall hope that it is run down, dilapidated. Even as you move through in the, like the, first, the third set of alleyways, as you peer down, you see two hooded figures shanking another person right in the alleyway, and you hear the screams of, ah, like pain and uh, calling out already. And you move down, you see like on this block, there is a large, like sitting on a step, and they seem to be you know drinking out of some kind of glass containers, these, these big, like, big pot-bellied winged demons just all hanging out, like 12 of them on a set of stairs, just drinking weird liquid. And they go, woo, 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 as at you guys as they, as you guys rickshaw pass very quickly. But they're definitely an obnoxious pile of looking demons. You make your way to the center of the hive. And you're in that familiar stretch of town, just where Tabachos is, where the buildings are the most run down, but the most largest. And and buildings seem to grow out of other buildings in this area. It's it's unmistakable, um, that feeling of just how surprising it is to find alleyways when you look in unexpected places and then buildings where you don't expect to see them. And as you uh, disembark from the rickshaw driver and he takes off unceremoniously, uh, you find that you're left alone in this part of town. Now, there are some groups of people, and it is daylight still. So... You know, you're getting the odd glances. If you like, there's two, there's two dwarves hanging out in a street corner, and they're talking. But you can kind of see like they're looking over at you. And over on the other side, there's a hooded figure. You can't see that hooded figure's eyes, but you know he's he's clocking what you're doing. Cool. Um, Well, I guess we'll just head straight to Tabachos. Okay. So you find the alley where you were introduced once before. You make your way down and and arrive at a steel door with a slit in it that you remember could be opened from the inside. Hopeful knock. What is it? We're here to see Tabacho. What's the password? 
Hope goes quiet and just rolls her eyes. I don't remember. <laughs> the slit opens up and, you know, a pair of orc eyes peer at you. Who are you then? My name is Hope. Wait one minute. And the slit closes. Bing. The door opens, and the orc opens it up and motions for you to get inside. All right. Come on in. Hope we'll look back and nod at the three. And then we walk in. No questions. <laughs> and he moves you in. Waves you, waves you to come in. Okay. All right. And as the party enters in uh, to this main room, it's just right into a stairwell that goes down. The orc closes the door and locks it behind you. And he leans on the door as you catch him with the corner of your eye and crosses his arms and leans up against the door. Now you hear the sounds of music immediately and smoke just as you enter the stairwell. And you hear... And as you descend into this area, it's this large, you know, underground, medieval-looking bar area. Everything's wood or stained, like, green. And, and like, there's a lot of wood, a lot of booths, a lot of different people, um, you know, rogues, and, and, and the unsavory types of Sigil all seem to be here. And it's a packed place. There's the, the bar is packed. All the booth areas are packed. And there's even some people with chairs just sitting out on the floor. And the site, it was a site you weren't expecting. Tabacho is now up in full dragon form, but fitting into this area. So he's not quite standing up. He's got to lean his head in around. But in his fingers is this massive instrument. It looks like an electric guitar. You've seen these on Earth before. And he's sitting there and he's playing. And he's doing a performance for the whole cantina where he's playing the electric guitar and there's a little band set up next on the main dance floor and they're playing along with him with the drums. He's going. <laughs> and as the musical number ends and his solo is like electrifying, he hits this last note. <laughs> then the whole room gets silent and Tabacho, who's wearing sunglasses, the sunglasses, he lowers his head down, the sunglasses slide down a bit, and his dragon eyes look towards the entrance. And then everybody in the audience, their head moves and looks in your direction. And the whole place is now looking at the four of you. Tabacho, Ipuche, Andine, Patado, Kamin, Kamin. And then he takes one hand off of his guitar and motions for you to enter further into Tabachos. Cool. Hope we'll move further in. I'll follow. All right. A couple of orcs come out as Tabacho takes off his electric guitar and gives it to the orcs. And the orcs, this is a huge guitar, so it takes two of them to lift it. They uh, start ushering it out of the cantina. All of these faces and eyes, some more in shadow than others, some intense follow you as you step into this bar area and into this open area. So you got Tabacho. He has a couch, a big dragonly couch, and he's up on a stage. If you picture sort of a nightclub 
or a bar where they might have a stage or some kind of an arena that's sort of he's on display for everyone. And he beckons you to stand before him where there is a grated floor that you remember from last time. There's a grated floor. So do you move onto the grated floor or do you attempt to move or stand in a place that isn't the floor? Keep in mind the entirety of the places watching. Yeah, no, Hope will stand on the grated floor. Okay, so the party moves with purpose to the center before Tobacho. Tobacho has motion for you to come in, and he lay, he then like flaps his wings a bit, get himself comfortable, seems to stretch his neck and his arms, and then he just throws himself onto the couch. And there's almost a shake of the ground as he gets comfortable and just lays on the couch. What do they call it when a dog lies down, like open belly or whatever? You know, he's just he's just splayed on the couch. When one leg over the back of the couch, the other leg dangling off, the wings are everywhere, and his dragon head looks around, moves, and moves towards you, and he says, Okay, Appendide. And the rock golem that you're familiar with turns to you and says, Tobacho Fleur welcomes you back, Hope. The room becomes silent. And then you hear a small diminutive voice say, She ain't all that. Is that what 50 million gold pieces is for then? And then this small, scrawny looking man uh, pushes out from the crowd and he looks up at Tabash and he says, Is this all you're wanting? For 50 million gold pieces? I'll kill the last now. And he takes out a knife. And he begins walking towards you. And he's like, me and my boys, we'll get you her head there. And then more uh, shifty looking creatures. One is an elf. One is a lizard folk. There's another gnome. They begin sort of stepping out from the crowd with knives drawn. And they're all wearing these black leathers. And they sort of move into the center area and surround the party in a circle. Sirius pulls out the big sword and readies it. Okay. And uh, Tobacho looks upon and he says, Impedebi. And he waves his hand. And then the rock golem turns to you and he says, Tobacho will allow this. So this leader, the skinny, you know, redheaded uh, human, black leathers with a knife, twirls it in his fingers like, he's sort of playing with it and he goes, so they're saying that you're worth 50 million, but I just see a scared little girl. I might be I've... worth more later. Tobacho, I've come for an eye. I need a location. Tobacho's not listening to you, love. Now you gotta deal with me. Pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> me and my boy's here. Why is that so funny? Pelvis. Oh. Are you Flicks. sure this is the day you want to die? <laughs> She's asking me if this is the day I'm sure I want to die. <laughs> Starts laughing. The day that I'm scared of a little girl and her clown friends is the day that Asmodeus himself 
sticks a poker and may have a butt. Sorry, I was going to go with I, I went with butt, and I said yeah, butt, so that happened. We can arrange that. And then Hope will give a nod to Sirius. Basically, unleash. Have fun. Alright, the shadow separates. The second image of Sirius appears flanking on the other side of Hope. He starts moving to stand between this Helvis fellow and Hope. <laughs> uh, Blood Skunk Hendrickson will draw a single arrow out of his massive collection of arrows, like almost like a single straw out of a giant stack of straws. And I will pull it down with my bow and ready it in a very menacing way and breathe uh, raggedly as I do it. Dr. Spider starts turning knobs on his celestial launcher, you know, beep, 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 do, 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 do. He looks at you guys all getting red, and he says, You got a lot of big toys there, but they're no substitute for a sharpened blade. And I guarantee you, if it's not mine that's going to find you, it'll be one of theirs. And he looks out into the crowd, and he sees that whoever he has under his thumb has come out to face you on this area above, you know, this graded platform that you're on top, clearly on top of. But there are a lot of other menacing eyes and faces of all kinds of different rogues and, and tricksters and thieves and just the absolute worst that Sigil has to offer all kind of looking at you. You brought a little toothpick to this fight. And as for Asmodeus, we work for him. He prefers the name Brent, but you'll get to know that because I can arrange a meeting. You're going to be seeing him real soon. Okay, that's an intimidation roll, or at least a contest, I think. Yeah, it's a 12. <laughs> okay. The skinny human laughs. He goes, ha <laughs> ha! You think you're going to scare me with all that tough talk? I'm friends with Asmodeus. He sort of does jazz hands for the entire crowd. And the crowd of rogues, there's a small little... <laughs> like, But it's everyone doing it, so it's unnerving that the entire room just goes... <laughs> all right there, lass. Time to say your prayers. And he points the the, the knife out and he begins approaching you with it threateningly, but slowly. And he's, he's bringing it up to your neck. Sirius wouldn't let him get that close. He'd take a full swing right for the midsection All as right. soon as he started advancing. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the initiative roll. All right. <clears throat> but he'd do it very slowly with an initiative of nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's better than his. Hold on. Forgot what my modifier is. Plus eight. Actually, okay. Actually, leave it for now. Leave it for now. I want to see what happens here. You get the first act. Um, so, Stanley, you're up first. All right. I'm going to recklessly strike at uh, the the fellow. Um, Are you in your rage? Uh, 
Yeah, let's let's go into a rage. Why not? I'm gonna go into a bestial rage, uh, and a giant scorpion-style tail will burst from my back, and uh, a scorpion take... tail. <laughs> oh yeah, scorpion tail. Okay, uh, and we'll <laughs> swing at him uh, with a twenty-four to hit. Okay, first strike. Um, is that good? Do I roll damage? Yep, it's an attack. It's a hit. Yeah, you can roll right, damage. That's uh, 14 points of slashing damage. Okay. And then bring it back and take a- another swing. Mm hmm. And that's going to be an 18 to hit. Okay. That's a hit as well, please. Alright. That's going to be eight additional slashing damage. Mm-hmm. And never mind bonus actions. Do I have bonus actions? Uh oh no, going into my rage was my bonus action. So yep, that'll be it. Okay, perfect. So uh you swing the sword out recklessly, not caring what you're gonna cut. And the blade, with its heft, swings out and slices this man in half. So, and right as he's sliced in half, you can see the 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 spinal cord like just sort of fluid squirt out of it as the top half of his body flies up in the air. And you, he registers a look of surprise on his face. It's his last living look because he's like, <laughs> and he shoots up in the air. His torso shoots up in the air, lands splat on the ground, and then the blood drips beneath the grate. And you hear like licking happening underneath the grate almost immediately, like, and the whole room pauses here, and quickly the remaining of his crew decide to slink back in the shadows while one of them grabs, one of them quickly like darts towards this man's torso, and another one darts towards the legs, and they drag them back into the crowd. <laughs> Tabacho laughs, and the rock does not feel the need to interpret it for you. Do dibe and bute and and the rock golem turns to you, hope, and says, "Tabacho wishes you to know that it was that this was quite impressive." Hope will nod. As a thank you. Please state the reason to, that you are here to Tabacho. There is an eye that matches a hand, and I need to know where this eye uh, is. Th 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 Tabacho raises his hand. Impiche! Impiche! The rock golem stands up, addresses the room. Tabacho wishes to see, have private counsel with his guest. If you are not a member of Hope's entourage, please leave the premises now or face the consequences. And after a moment of sort of pause as all these menacing individuals look at each other, they quickly do as bidded and begin making their way towards the exit, including the barkeep, everyone. 
Jalver, who was leaning up against the side, also retires into a door off to the side. Within 10 seconds, the room is vacated quickly, and you hear the sound of the door leading up to the street shut. Kaboom! The room darkens somewhat, and the glow of the club seems to ebb away. And it's, you're just now sort of in this darkened area where there's glow. Tobacco looks at you and says, In pece et ire unce. And the rock golem then turns and says, Tobacco wishes you to know that this will hurt a little. And then Tobacco's hands raise up in like white embers as he begins casting a spell. His arms move around. He says, In pede oce, understand me. And he says these words, and this energy sort of shoots out from his hands and envelops the four of you. And as the magic envelops, he takes another hand like a conductor and he twirls it like this. And as he twirls it like this, eddies of mystical energy begin swirling all around you into a cube. And this cube grows out and expands like light. And it encompasses you, the rock, go- like the four of you, Tobacco, and the rock golem. There. Now they will not hear us. You can understand him perfectly, seemingly. The rock golem looks to you and says, I will now excuse myself. And it transforms into a, a benign rock. Boonk. The eye. You have loose lips, little one. You would do to be more careful about the questions you ask in public company. I don't think any of us know what the hell we're dealing with. And yet it's a secret? Have you not discussed with your new master what what it is that you must do find an eye Hmm. yes I have a question for you before we begin you must answer mine before I will answer yours When I sent you for this item, why did you not return it to me? Why do you wear it now? It was lost. We it, we lost the fight at the top of the tower. The demons were coming, then there were paladins. And the demons were going to get it, so I decided it would be better if I had it. That cost me quite a bit of money. That was to be delivered to a client of mine. Did that not matter to you? The idea of returning to Earth? I don't think that matters now. And now that you... are part of... A larger story. 
What role do you want to play? Well, that's yet to be decided, isn't it? Hmm. This quack answer is unsatisfying. You are not speaking truth to me. Why did you take the arm? And what do you hope to accomplish with it? I took it because it was the best option. You ain't gonna get it either way. The best option for what? What, the demons have it? And do who knows what with it? So you took an object of interminable evil and placed it upon your arm in the defense of all that is good. We were all almost dead. I was trying to protect my friends. And what do your henchmen think of your alignment? Well, and Hope will turn back. Our dedication to Hope is purely based upon a contract which says protect her at all costs. So it doesn't matter what you say or do or wonder or ask. And should Hope wish for you to save orphans from a burning building, Harlequinari? Do you obey your command then? I would. Speaking of orphans... I turn to the side and go... I really... I'm gonna... I'm gonna pull a little bit of an ash here. I really like the taste of grape, but instead I will bring forth this ape, and I will summon a, an ape next to me about the size of a gorilla. <laughs> and I do that by uh, conjuring, uh, or using conjure animals at level three. And there is now there is now an ape there ready to do my bidding and to fight you if need be. You summon face spirits, okay. It's also intended so to intimidate, beast, by the way. So you're just doing one beast of a challenge rating two or lower? That's yeah, so I'm doing yeah. a, it's a half challenge, or yeah, one half. It's an ape. I could have gone with... It says oh, then you can, summon, you can summon two if they're... You can summon four if they're that. Apes are one half, so you can get up to four. Oh, wait, I thought I could only do up to Some, one. It's plural. It's summon conjure animals, so you can't... If it's, it's one beast of channel level two... Or lower... Half are low. Oh, four beasts. Oh, you're right. So All right. it's more if they're weaker. It's up to you, though. You can you can just summon one if you want. I just can I do them over time? Do I have to do them all at once if I decide to do four? You got to do them all at once. It costs an action. They appear. Okay. I turn to the other side, and I say, <laughs> <laughs> um, "There's no water here, where we must float." So instead, I will conjure this angry goat. And now there's a goat next to me on this side going, like a big pissed off goat. Wait, did you cast it twice or you? No, I'm doing, I'm just saying words every time one of them pops. So I got, I got an ape over here, a goat over here. Okay. In nature, fierce enemies. But today they fight for me. Actually, I don't know if they're enemies in, in real life. Um, and then I, uh, just a little bit ahead and left of me, I say, My work here is with this permanent smile. Because I'm a clown. Hmm. 
Now witness this sweet crocodile. And now there's a great big crocodile out front on the left side. Okay. And then... Um, then over on this side... Uh, perhaps you'd like a cuddly beagle. But instead you, instead you contend with this giant eagle. And now there's a giant eagle. So right. I've got a giant eagle, a goat, and it's going... And over here you oh, got. Have we used up your budget yet? Yeah, that's all four. That's four of them. Four halfies. Oh, okay. Oh, they're all in there. All right. Yeah, they're all in there. So we got an ape. A we got a crocodile. It's a, giant, it's a giant goat. Giant goat. Where's the? Eagle? Oh, he's down on the one. Sorry, sorry. I screwed up on the eagle. Yeah. I misread. I'll let it slide this time. All, all right. right. We'll say it's just kind of a three-fourths eagle. He's not a full giant. Yet. So can I just? <laughs> There's an eagle, <laughs> a giant goat. Yeah. And a ape, an ape, ape. Yep, just listed as ape, ape, and then okay. a crocodile. Crocodile. Okay, so you, you conjure these animals, and Tobacco looks at the conjuration very briefly, and he looks back to you, Hope, and he says, "I see." And he says it in such a way as that. He, he knows what the intelligence level of your companions are, basically. That's the... <laughs> oh, that's what he means? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I should note that that was intended to intimidate, but I don't know if you want me to roll intimidation or not. Oh, yeah, you can you can roll intimidation if you like. All sir. right. I, I, you want to intimidate this dragon with I a do. bunch of farm animals? I want to <laughs> intimidate this dragon with all these farm animals, if I'm able. All right, here we go. That would be an 18. Yeah, doesn't work. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Pretty high difficulty class for that one, sir. <laughs> Tobacco looks back at you and he says, <clears throat> "I have, I have erected an area of magic diffusion, so that no one can eavesdrop upon our conversation. You may speak freely of what you wish for." There is no one better suited to help another in all of Sigil but the great Tobacco Fleur. I need to find this eye. I need to write what happened on Earth. I need to make sure my friends are okay. So it is vengeance you are after? is a weak mortal emotion you will get your vengeance but it will leave you hollow if you insist upon this path however I may be able to help you but I am not confident you have the character to see it through I can point you in the direction of the eye, but I cannot give information to a little girl who is looking to save the world. I am looking for someone who has loftier goals. 
Are you sure that that is all you wish to tell the great Tabacho Fleur? Well, I guess if I become a god along the way, then so be it. Modesty does not suit you. Let me suggest that you tell people that you will be a god and you will make their lives worse or better or however it is a being of its own nature is. Do you know your nature? Do you know if you had the power of a god what you would do with it? His voice booms out. (laughs) Yes. And you will tell Tobacho or you will get nothing. I would kill every single person who'd ever wronged me. I would help others kill every single person who'd ever wronged them. I see. Well, it is not my way, but there are powers in creation who are fueled by their hatred and their need to write that balance that never quite balances. I have knowledge of where you may begin your search, but I did not become the powerful lord that I am by giving away information for nothing. You want power? You must promise power to me in return. What kind of power would you need? Have you not imagined what the dragon who has everything could possibly want? A stuffed animal? Someone who loves him. I'm good with balloons. (laughs) Take this seriously, young one. The beings you will encounter on your journey to achieve this will not all have a sense of humor. Well, fine. What is it you would want? As you said Uh, yourself, you have everything. For one who travels the plains, you have so much to learn, especially about dragons. You should talk to your scaled friend and ask him about the truth of many things that you do not know. I came to Sigil when once a great sadness plagued my soul. I came here, not in my natural form, but in the form of a man. My brethren mocked and did not understand my sadness. I thought that the ways of dragonkind were silly, wasteful, They collect treasures and hoard them in mountains and in crypts and in the darkest places of creation. They are foolish. Once I came to Sigil and saw the way that the mortal men 
exploit one another for riches. I thought surely someone competent enough at the kinds of games that they play with one another could have all the treasure one could want. And so here I am in the heart of the greatest city creation has ever known, and all, whether they know it or not, bow to me. All within Sigil bow with to me. But one. Do you know whom I speak of? Well, I would assume the Lady of Pain. Oh. There is a brain between those horns. <laughs> you are exactly right. If you wish to know what I know, then you will promise me rulership of Sigil. That means as you ascend to godhood, you will have no purchase or influence here, but you will help me in removing the Lady of Pain from her perch where none can touch her with your powers you will assist me in helping me attain what is rightfully mine. This place that I have worked for thousands of years to come under my control. And then he snaps. He doesn't snap. He waves his fingers. Whoosh, and a scroll of parchment. <laughs> appears floating in the air and a quill and a feather you know tip a feather tip quill and a bottle of ink swirl around in front of you the page is blank we will form the terms of our compact here no games no From contracts you... sorry pardon me uh, uh, no contracts no contract no I Hopefully look around for the hooded figure. Discuss it with your counselors. There is no rush for a decision, but tarry not too long, for the Lady of Pain will be curious sooner or later about the disruption to her vision in this location. And with that, Tabacho relaxes into his chair, and he reaches one of his hands out behind him for a hookah, Pose. He takes it out and he. And his eyes go cross eyed. And he leaves you to your counsel. Hope we'll turn around to the three. Did we hear all of it or did we. Were we blocked? You, 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 heard, you heard all of it. Okay. The, the magic allowing you to understand and speak in his language okay. affects all of you. Okay. Why are you suppo- uh, rather opposed to signing this contract with this being? The hooded figure said no contracts. 
Right. So they, it's it's something tied to the hand. I see him, and he talks. Is he here now? Hope we'll look around. Okay. You will look around, and as you sort of dart, he never appears when you will it, but he'll always look when you look somewhere new, you notice. He'll just be there where he wasn't before. So you dart your eyes around to look for him, and sooner or later you see him standing uh, by the bar, but he's not leaning or interacting with any of the objects, but he's standing there, and he looks towards you. And he looks towards you, and he, he it's like he's waiting for you to speak. You have this sense innately that he's paying attention to you. Uh, I'll simply... Uh, I'll nod so serious now as I see him. And I'll look at the hooded figure's direction and mentally ask if I should make a contract or not. The eye is too important. You must find it. Agree to his compact. We will decide what to do with him later. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like that your thought was, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Send that back to him. We'll reply. Cool. Uh, all right, Hope will turn around... Take the quill, dip it in the ink, and sign the parchment. Okay. As you sign the parchment, uh, Tobacco looks up and says, We have not put terms... Er, <laughs> we have not put terms on this paper. <laughs> you have your, <laughs> you, you run over and you sign it. What sort of fool produces a contract without its details contained therein? Well, my... Harlequinari friend, as I stated, we would come up with the terms together. Who's the clown now? <laughs> it is you, Harlequinari. <laughs> Fine, uh, fill it out. We follow hope into the the deepest darkest. Do what you do. <laughs> the dragon turns to over and says, Hope. I kindly request that your counselor, your Holoquinari counselor, ceases to speak for the rest of this meeting. <laughs> he can speak he when can... he wants. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing about it. He didn't even prove a point, but then he, he punctuated it like he did. <laughs> Who's the fool now? <laughs> uh, Very well. Are you ready to sign the compact? We have to put yes. terms on it. Yes. Perhaps I made this more complicated than I should have. Well, it's the first time I've done something like this. So let us recap the agreement. He looks to you, <laughs> and then he looks to the Harlequinari, and then back to the paper, and he goes, I will provide for you the information necessary to search for the eye. I will 
remove the bounty upon your head so that you have safe passage in Sigil. Beyond the borders, I cannot guarantee it. In return, you will depose the Lady of Pain and ensure my ascension to power in Sigil. Agreed. Do we all sign this or just her? Just hope. You have very little to do with this arrangement. You are meant to be her counsel. And I must say, you would not be my counsel for very long. Good. I take offense at this and I just turn around again. <laughs> he ignores you and then he waves his hand and then magically text appears atop of the paper, on the paper. Just you hear the sounds of writing. And it's like he's writing it with his mind and the page fills up with the language that, that he, you just sort of tentatively agreed to. Does this look acceptable to you? Hope will read over it to make sure it's still just the terms so, they agreed on. Very simply put, it's the terms that you know we discussed. There's nothing okay. different or unusual about, about what's written there, and it's not written in a dense language. It's about six sentences long. Cool. Hope will sign it. All right, and then Tabacho brings the page over. At, like you sign it, and then everything floats out of your hand, and he sort of it levitates over towards him, and he takes his large fingers. A little quill and dips it in and he goes and he signs it and then it floats off and it splits into two and then a piece of the par parchment floats into your where you can grab it with your hands and as you do you reach out for it yeah yeah so and as you grab it it ceases floating and you now have a copy of the signed document in your hand and he takes the second one Rolls it up and rolls it under his couch. Cool. And with that, and with that, he, he rolls it under and he goes, and now for my part in the bargain. You are correct in that there is an I, your master, is known to the cosmos. This would not be the first time that the voice has called from beyond, seeking its power. And so there are those of us among creation who remember fragments of what happened millennia before. I am not privy myself to the whereabouts of the eye, but I know who knows. And we'll tell you after the break. Boom! Boom! Oh, man. Boom! All right. That's perfect place to do it. We'll be back shortly, everybody, with more There Will Be Dungeons. Come right. on back. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he came up and he's like, I'm here. Yeah, he kind of came up out of the... It's like he was weird. working under the kitchen sink. He's like, no, no, I'm here. No. Just He's like a slide effect in like uh, PowerPoint. He's like, slide up. Yeah. And this is what he did. All right, I we're back. I was in Flynn's domain of the floor. Ah, gotcha. Uh, we have returned. Plane of floor. Bo, we, uh, we, 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 we hand you the baton once again. Where are we? Tobacco floor. Uh, okay, Tobacco floor has taken the contract, has given a copy to Hope, 
And um, what were you left off? You think you were saying something funny? He was or- telling us who uh, who knows. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Tobacco floor. <laughs> and see. Tobacco floor. Now that the contract is signed, I will reveal to you the information that you seek. I know not the location of the hand, but I know of those who do. Have you heard of the Council of Clowns? With that on clowns, he looks to you, uh, Bloodscum, but anyone can answer. I will perk up and say, Very few speak of the Council of Clowns and live. That's not a threat to you, I just mean generally they don't live. It's a cursed name. The Council of Clowns is an unusual council. Is also in a very dangerous place. You will find it in the realm of pandemonium. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Council of Clowns? Only cursorily, and I've never been. Do you know the custom of the Council of Clowns? Only one. Would you like me to describe it to you? I do not think I'm going to like the answer of your... (laughs) It's very short. Of yours. We'll send it there. There is a great coming together. Once a millennia where many clowns together all try and fit into a very small car. (laughs) and the goal is to have more than they did the last time often records are broken but many times the harlequinari leave dead in the bottom of this car (laughs) they dispose of the bodies and we wait another millennium to try again and when there is no car occasionally there is a phone booth that also now, works. In Why? your racial description, it actually describes how Harlequinari procreate. So if you need more info, there's a passage on it. Just FYI. Wait, you, uh, I've, I've you, covered that. You're right. You made, you made all that up. That's true. Just so are you. Is it just that you don't know? Or do I have it I in front want, of me? I don't know where it is. Did you. If you go to your character sheet yeah. and you go to uh, features and traits, I think you'll find your, your race description there. Let me, double, let me just check here. Uh, okay. It might be just in the flavor text of it, so maybe it's not there. It's not obvious. Maybe no, just under probably. description. Where did you... Um, I know you put this somewhere. The site is just crazy. Hang on. Browse races. Like, you have it as a Harlequinari. I just don't know if you can see your, your race uh, business. But uh, let me just uh, get mine here. They actually make it hard for you to find your own homebrew. It's kind of a... Oh, there we go. My homebrew creations. Super hard. <laughs> <laughs> they make it so hard you had to say uh, half the sentence before you found it. I got you. Yeah. So hang on. Here it is. Oh, did I take it out? Oh. 
Wait, what? Is that why I don't see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was something that I thought of, but I don't think I eventually... Oh, no. Here we are. Harlequinari asexual beings appropriate by choosing a partner to laugh very hard with, which at its climax creates a toy box that opens at the moment when the parents least wanted to, springing forth a ring-ding of baby clowns. <laughs> Perfect. So, just for the listener's benefit. Yeah. That's how we procreate. That's how we make That's literally one. the race description. It's one sentence, and the second sentence is how they procreate, and that's the end of the race description. <laughs> You've heard 50% of the race description. <laughs> All right. That's why I was like, it's important. It's like 50% of the whole description. Okay. Um, let's get back to this. So you say to him this weird stuff. Yeah. He and probably he doesn't looks understand. to you, Hope, and he says, I do not think he will be fit representation for you at the Council of Clowns. This bizarre ritual he describes, I am not familiar with. Well, he's the clown and you're not, right? True. Nevertheless, you will proceed to pandemonium, seeking out the Council of Clowns. You will petition them with your motion. And if they approve of your plea or your petition... They will grant you this information. It is not something I can help you with. How would I get to Pandemonium? This is a good question. Direct access to Pandemonium is possible, but not advised, as it is a realm of trickery, and portals there seldom take their passengers to the precise location of their intent. You must arrive there indirectly. I know of a way, and I have passage to it. You will traverse to the Grey Waste. There you will find a small village on the coast of the River Styx. From there, you will book passage across a ferry to Pandemonium. I have a portal waiting for you now. Then I think it's time to get going. You may wish to rest before you embark upon this journey. You will be challenged every step of the way. Where can we rest? It is Sigil. There are a hundred inns for you to stay at and rest your humanoid body. Well, where do the people here stay and sleep? At the many taverns available in Sigil. Do not waste my time with questions for a tour guide. So questions we rest. are displeasuring me. We rest and we come back tomorrow. You do not need to come back here. How do we rest get yourself. To the, gray waste? the portal is available in the opulence quarter of Sigil. There you will find a business, the House of Delights. 
the impresario will guide you to the room with the portal. All right. When you discover the location and need assistance navigating to it, you may return to me for information, should you need it. Thank you. Hmm. Well, I will wish you the best of luck, but now our time has come to a close and I have many other patrons to get to. Do you have anything further for Tabacho? No. Okay, so Tabacho relaxes into his couch again and waves the hands down and the field, the magical field, this box that was around you sort of dissipates. And the light begins to come back up in the bar and the rock golem begins forming again. And Jalvair comes out from the side room and begins walking towards the front door and begins unlocking it. And patrons, uh, one or two patrons come back in, but most have gone for the day. So, uh, you know, this uh, elf in black leathers walks in, sits down at the bar, the barkeep comes back in and begins serving drinks. And Tabacho begins... Sighing. <sighs> it's time to leave. Anything else you want to do? Uh, no. Hope would leave and then start looking for an inn. Come, my menagerie. And the... <laughs> and, caw, caw, and everything I brought with me is coming with me. Because this takes an hour. I got a whole hour of these guys, so I'm taking them with. <laughs> all right. So the four of you and all of the eight of you <laughs> exit Tobacco's area back into the open air. Now, um, just so we advance things along a little quicker, you know, do you want to find a local inn? Do you want to find an inn in another part of town? How do you want to do the rest? Um, ideally, get out of the hive and find an inn. Okay, perfect. How much money do you guys have left for rickshawing? Uh, Dr. Spider. Dr. Spider Aging has a, Dr. He has a lot of cash. I have 10 gold now. What do we need for a ride home? Dr. Spider has 400 gold pieces. Jeez. That's a gold for okay, every arrow so I have. <laughs> where do you, where do you want to, do you want to just want to find somewhere local and quick to, uh, to shack up? Or do you said you want to leave the hive? So. You know, there'll be some costs for the rickshaw, and you'll take a recommendation in a nice part of town. Maybe go to the opulent part of town. That way it's nearby. Or yeah, do you want to we'll go into the, somewhere else? Uh, do the harder leg first, so that they wake up in the morning, they're there, ready to go. Perfect. Okay, so we're just going to advance this a little bit for the sake of brevity. All right, so you you know, walk around. It's difficult as per usual to find a rickshaw driver available in the hive. But after, you know, 20, 30 minutes of walking around searching with little event, you find the rickshaw driver cost 10 gold. So Dr. Spider deduct the 10 and you make your way. Uh, it's another long trek across Sigil. Uh, you know, you leave the area of the hive. that's all dilapidated and you move into again, this sort of kind of a mercantile district. And then a district that seems like has a lot of libraries in it. I think you've been in this part of town before. And then you move uh, closer to an area 
that's just past these massive graveyards. Like you sort of end up in this open area and then these, these graveyards, it's just, it's very big and lots of hills and lots of sad looking trees. And you move past this area into an opulent area. And here, all of the houses appear to be like mansions. So it's like Beverly Hills up in here. Like you start driving down a road and there's these large, large rampart walls that cut off these yards. And then distance, you can see these homes in this in this area, big mansions. And so after running through this area for a little bit, you get to this little corner uh, center town. It appears to have a cafe and a grocer and a general goods store and uh, a tavern on the one uh, side with room and board. Rickshaw awesome. driver lets you off and the four of you get off in this part of town. The and eight of us get off. off. The eight of us. Yep, uh, the farm animals weren't in the rickshaw. They oh. were probably following behind. Okay, that's up. fine. All right, yeah, then keep so, <laughs> so <laughs> there, the animals are behind, and yeah. as soon as you get off, this—he's um, not wearing any armor, but he's an official-looking, you know, type, like very uh, ornately dressed, has a the big gold chain and like a turban, and but he looks stately. He's got like a badge on the type, a, a badge hanging off of his like left breast of a shirt there and he, he walks up and he goes oh, excuse me excuse me uh, who are you papers please what papers papers showing that you're welcome in this part of town yes this is a, a protected neighborhood and um and well we just want to know who's visiting uh, you have to have permission to, to be in this part of town so uh, papers please you know, the uh, usual. You want me to bop this guy? I feel like that would be more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> um, Always ready I to don't want up. to be bopped, please. This is a civil part of town. Let's keep it above the belt. Oh, it would have been above the belt. Believe me. I'm, Where I'm would sure we go that to makes get out sense. Of this? What? Uh, where can we go so we don't need papers? Well, uh, Sigil is a big city. I imagine uh, the Merchant District might be a nice place for you and your muscles. You know, you, you know can what? put yourselves to work and, and no, do something. No, no. Um, where's the House of Delights? The House of Delights? Oh! Oh, I wouldn't know what such a thing is. No, oh, um, imagine the nerve asking me. Broad, uh, broad, you see that it's broad daylight out, and you're asking me where a carnal house of pleasures are, and you haven't even shown me your papers yet. We have uh, an appointment. Really? With who? Well, take us there, and we'll tell you. <laughs> I can't take you anywhere if I don't know who it is that you're referring to. And also, your papers, please. Do you not Here, have them? Do you want to show this guy our papers? Since he's not willing to give us the information we need to move along and oh, clear the streets. It would be my pleasure. I take the giant sword. Uh, is this guy a human? Yeah about the size of him and I slam it down in the ground in oh. front of me. Hey, 
Here's my papers. Do you want to hold them? I can get it a lot closer if you want a deeper look. Um, uh, I roll an intimidation roll because you're intimidating. So let's let, let's give it either roll. That's so bad. That's an eight. <laughs> wow. Okay, he doesn't appear very scared, but you still have an imposing presence, and he still looks at you, you and your sword, and he goes, Oh, um, I understand, sir. <clears throat> Let me check your papers. And he looks at the um, sword a bit, and he goes, Looks like everything's in order here. I'm, I'm just going to be on my way, since you've got your papers. There's no reason for me to be asking you about your papers. And he fixes his turban. None at all. I've got to go. And he hurries off. Thank you. And then we'll go into the inn. All right. So you make your way into the inn, and it's quiet. There's, like, nobody in this place. There's nobody. <laughs> you walk in, and there's nobody. There's uh, tables and chairs. There's a bar. Um, there's stairs heading up to a second floor. Do you see doors up on the second floor? You don't see or hear anybody as you walk in. Uh, hello? Um, just a minute. You hear, you hear someone from the back, and the door opens. <clears throat> um, yes, uh, can I help you? It's a, it's a, an elf woman who has walked from the back, and she has made her way to the front. Yes, the four of us need a room. And will you be taking a pleasure suite, or the executive suite, or, or just one of our regular rooms? A regular room. Make Very that good. two regular rooms. As Rob looks back at the oh, giant spider. There's four of you. We have <laughs> a rule. <laughs> we have a rule here in this part of town. No more than one patron per room, unless you're a couple. Did you is one of these men your husband? Uh yes. And she'll stand next to Sterius very awkwardly. And those two are together, and she'll nod to the spider. Oh, so it's two rooms for two cups. Oh, pardon me, I am so sorry. Um, what must you think of me? I'm right. So two rooms for two couples. Understood. Do you have um, room in this place for livestock? Uh, no, you can keep your livestock in the in, in the gated off area in the back. I have a better plan. And I go back to the door, and I kick it open, and I say, Be free, my fail or my fey wildlings. You've served me well. Go, flee. They all just leave and go different directions. Because I don't well, okay, then. I don't I don't need them now. I, you you may be hearing from the constable about your loose animals in this part of town. Uh let them complain till they're blue in the face. I don't yes. care. Um, you know what? I just realized that uh, we're booked for the day. Very sorry. I, I had totally forgotten, but uh, uh, we have a, a tour, uh, tour group coming in to no, see some you, of... She's making you this don't up. don't want... Yes, I agree. 
<laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> she, you're making this up. You're lying. Uh, no, how dare you? I'm not lying. Would you really like to lie to the four of us? What is it about us you have a problem with? I, 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 you know what? She's sort of frozen, caught in it's sort of a, between a, a, like a rock and a hard place. Sirius leans way down to be nose to nose with her, and he goes, "Surely you can do something. Them's two's on their honeymoon. You wouldn't want to disappoint them." No, no, you're right, of course. Um, it just occurred to me that I was thinking of tomorrow's bookings, not today's. What's today? It's Lamb's Day, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's, it's Lamb's Day. It's not... Okay, very good. Then today you may stay. We have rooms available for you. Um, the rate for each room per night is three gold. Do you have that kind of coin? We do. Dr. Spider? Dr. Spider has deep pockets. I appreciate your um, use of my skills, but hope might I speak with you in a bit of privacy, please? Sure. And hope will walk over to Dr. Spider. Uh, pardon us, uh, pardon us, and I'll bow as I back up and go into the corner of the room with hope. Your malpractice needs work, frankly. Uh, your liege. What malpractice? Well, I appreciate your draw to the evil inclinations, but you will find that uh, upsetting the constable outside... Uh, threatening the innkeep will only lead to our assassinations in our sleep. So, what should I have done? We find a we nice... We need a place to sleep. That is true. That is very true. And why don't we find a nice... Oh, excuse me, star child. One moment, please. <laughs> <laughs> there are neighborhoods... Fine houses that may be procured for the night with a bit of finesse that we might stay in with very little harassment. So, would you suggest we leave now and do that, or stay on our course? Well... We already have you and your fiancé a nice room. <laughs> yes, and as delightful as a night with uh, blood skunk uh, appears to be... I feel we are in some danger here in this particular uh, mercantile establishment. And we could easily uh, procure a fine domicile with a little, uh, well, with a little supply gatherer on the side, if you catch my meaning. Okay. Well, you find us this domicile, then. Oh, it need not be found. We can go anywhere we please. Uh, <laughs> merely, yes, dark child, we will be together soon. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, let us tour the town and find a nice quiet abode in which to ransack for our evening. 
Okay. Let's I kind try of... that approach then. Alright. Well, Dr. Spider, where would you suggest we go? Uh, come this way, please. Uh, thank you for your hospitality, but we have no need of your many booked rooms for this evening. Oh, thank Palo. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry to hear oh, that. Yes, thank you, Palo, and uh, <laughs> good graces of him and all his many yes. Uh, yes, beams indeed. of light. Yes, you're a good chap. Thank you, thank you. Uh, goodbye now. <laughs> okay, so you um, uh, you exit back into the this open sort of square. Like there's these large, you know, mansion-like places, and this area just seems to be like a hut for the commerce of these large houses. Um, you do spy out of the corner of your mouth or corner of your eye, not mouth. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know. Words, they're hard. Um, so. <laughs> It, out of the corner of your eye, you see the, the turban, the man with the turban, and he seems to be speaking to two harmonium guards pretty far off into the distance. But um, you definitely know that he's going to uh, cause trouble, and you have that instinct immediately to move out of the direction. So he's kind of to the right, leading north out of the town. So if you move east, you, you're sort of out of his vision, blocked by buildings and moving along if you choose to do that. Okay. I would Dr. assume Spider, Dr. Or? Spider would... You're kind of leading the way a bit. Uh, how do you want to go about finding the pr- appropriate house to ransack? Uh, I will use my... Let's see here. I would like to use my investigation. Uh, basically start heading down the street, and I'm looking for, you know, a, an apartment of decent size that appears to be being unlocked at the moment. All right. Uh, your roll, please. And if someone can help him, if they aid him, he'll get advantage on his roll. And what are we aiding him in? Perception? Looking for, a house to ra- looking for a house to ransack. So you don't need to do anything. You just need to declare that you're helping him. It's I'll, investigate. I'll help him. Yeah. yeah. If you have the skill. Sorry. Well, that's what I'm skilled. asking. What skill are we using? <laughs> oh, yeah. gotcha. What so skill? skill, you would have a black dot if you were skilled in something, I think, next to investigation. Oh, okay. So investigation. Does anyone have that? I have... No, I do not. I have perception. Right. Perception, I do. I do not. With Forget it. it. I don't know why I made that big rig of a roll. <laughs> Let's somebody go else with the might. roll. 21. All right, 21 it is. Um, all right, so you begin to quickly follow Dr. Spider as he hurriedly moves on all of his feet, uh, sur- uh, scanning the horizon to see which houses might be best suited. And um, in particular, it isn't long uh, before you come across, let's say, the third house from this little center area. You spy it and you notice that <clears throat> there appears to be some scrolls of parchment uh, just in front of the gate leading into the building. And as you peer into the building, doc, the, not the building, but as you peer past the gate towards the home, you notice that there's some garbage left uh, strewn about the front area of the house this seems like a good spot and your instinct tells you that no one's living here currently or hasn't been there for a while perfect I will take us around to the back entrance and hold the door open Okay. your volume thing went way down again by the way I don't know what changed Uh, you're down to almost nothing again 
something. All right. Else. So what what I did hear what his instructions were, which was to take people in through the gate. As you move towards the gate, you find that the gate is locked. However, you know, Doctor Spider could easily climb over it. <laughs> Doctor Spider looks towards you, Hope, and waits for direction. Does anyone know how to pick a lock? Or is it? The, can the gate be crawl, climbed over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this gate stands about ten feet tall. It doesn't have any barbed wires or anything like that. There's some spikes at the top of this front gate, but the walls themselves are also climbable around it. Not just the gate. I could try picking that lock. Go for it. Why? Well, is my volume good? By the way. Yeah. Yes. Much better. Okay, go before I before I go yelling and talking. No, 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 no. oh dear me! This man cannot pick a lock. He would break down the gate. Please, if we may, uh, step over the gate, perhaps, or maybe take your time. You want me to pick the lock slowly? You can't pick locks, can you? I can get through locked doors. Ah, yes, that is what I was getting at. <laughs> Let us perhaps boost, you know, undercover, uh, quietly. You want me to throw people over the gate? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, I can do that. <clears throat> and get ready for... Hoisting people over the gate. All right, three athletic rolls, please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> athletic roll number one. I'm going to just start rolling dice. This dice roller is not doing any favors. I spider climb over the gate. Okay, before you can grab Dr. Spider, he's quick. Ooh, he just scurries over. That's creepy. Okay, fair, You're down fair to two enough. rolls now. Okay. Roll. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be disadvantage for Scott because he has 400 arrows. <laughs> but they're not encumbering at all. <laughs> all right, yeah, we'll it's, this, it's heavier for him. <laughs> uh, we'll call this the hope, the hope one. Uh, it's a 23. Okay. Um, no disadvantage. I'm just teasing. It's just for fun, let me see what happens. I'll try it. Oh. Well, look, you I, don't have to do it. He's, you're getting thrown over. Oh, I'm getting thrown over either oh, way. Oh, even, even better for Dr. Spider, I got a natural 20. For oh, he's 20, already over. He, cl- he climbed. He's already oh, over. I'm sorry, for uh, Blood Skunk. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> so you pick up Hope and very easily with one hand fling her over and Hope uh, make an athletic say, or roll, please, skill check. Cool. Uh, 23. All right. You land safely on your feet. He throws you wildly, so you're flailing a bit as you, you go, whoa, and then you... Get your balance, right yourself, and land on your feet. Then Sterius comes up to you, Blood Skunk, and grabs you with both hands and just, you know, that kind of pass in basketball where you push this this, this kind of pass? Yeah, like, like a quick pass. You kind of take him and just fire him into the air. And uh, Nash, um, you're now floating over the gate, and you have to make a dexter- an athletics skill check to land on your feet. 11? Uh. What was the roll, the base roll? Uh, it was a nine and a one, because I have a plus one okay. to athletics. I was hoping you rolled a one for some reason. <laughs> you were, yeah. <laughs> the other way around. Uh, all right, so you get thrown over, uh, but you don't land on your feet. You land face first, spread eagle on the ground with a big <laughs> sack of arrows on your face. Like, 
right. It's really heavy, and as you pull yourself up, there's an imprint of you in the ground <laughs> where you landed. Is there, a, is there a is there a is the imprint of my face? Is it in the form of a big smile, like a ridiculous clown smile? <laughs> yes, okay. it's exactly how you imagine it. All right, good. All right, you lift yourself up the ground. Sterius, how are you getting over? Uh, I'm going to back lock. up about 20 feet and do a goring rush into the gate. Into the gate? Yeah, <laughs> to smash through it. Okay, what? athletics check, please. This is going to yeah. be hard, by the way. Uh, so, okay, it's not an attack to bash the gate down. You can attack it, but it'll take several attacks to hack your way through it. Oh, okay. Like, right. if you... It depends what you want to try and do. I'm not even kidding. I rolled another natural 20 on the athletics check. Okay. What's the overall check, please? 28. All right. So <laughs> do you do you scrape the ground with your hooves, too, before running? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do, you, do you walk in a circle a bit? Uh, I don't know about <laughs> that, but he definitely does the, like, amp yeah. up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you amp yourself up. You, you, you scratch the ground with your foot, and then you just take off. You go from zero to 100 in a second. And you burst through the, ch- the. It doesn't burst the 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 gate open, but you burst through it and bend the metal so quickly with your horns and your head goring it that you bend open a hole and you're now sort of stuck with your head through it, and you can climb the rest of the way now. Yeah. Now you have to be careful; it's going to rip rip your business suit. That's fine; it'll repair itself overnight. Okay, let's make a dexterity saving throw on your way home or on your way through. Uh, it's a twelve. All right, so you you rip in two places. Large rips happen in your in your business suit. And now you can they can see sort of your your raw cow hide through yeah. on your back and on your legs. All right, you made it through. And there's a house. Uh, it's very ornate. It has three floors. It has looks like it has all kinds of rooms. There's a big window, but it's darkened. And steps leading up to a front door with a ornate ivory border. Fancy. Well, do we just walk in? Back to Spider? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, allow me. And I will walk over to the darkened window, cast light inside so I can see the interior of the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse, excuse my baby. And... I will cast Nurse Wilkins, the Unseen Servant, to unlock the door from the other side. Like from the back door, you mean? Uh, viewing through the window into the you know, entranceway oh, into the main. Oh, she, she's ethereal, so it can move through the glass, essentially. Exactly. Well, and I cast her on the other side of the glass, as it were, oh, where I perfect. can see. All right. So you so cast her in. Servant. And does she have to make a roll to be unlocked? Oh, no. She can unlock the door from the inside, presumably if the mechanism allows for exactly. that to happen. Um, all right, so you cast uh, the unseen servant inside, and you see it, where she wears a hat, right? Well, the hat was material, so she wouldn't have her hat. With she wouldn't her. have her hat. Okay, so you don't see anything, but you know that the spell is cast. And then a few moments goes by, and you hear it, and the door opens, but nothing's on the other side. It goes on the inside. Oh, go ahead. In, in, everyone in. All right, so the four of you begin making your way in, and a waft of, like, just decrepit smell enters your nostrils. Oh, stench of something rotten. 
Something has died here. Hope nods. That is not going to be a problem. Uh, please, everyone inside, quickly. Okay, everyone gets in. You close the door behind them? Yes. All right, perfect. As you close the door behind them, uh, you notice that most of the shades are and curtains are open in this place. And as the light spills in, you notice that it's a well-kept place with lots of um, very beautiful wooden and, and marble furniture everywhere. It's a gorgeous place, well-kept, but dusty. Ah, now isn't this delightful, everyone? Uh, Nurse Wilkins, if you could please, uh, get to tidying up a bit, and she can light fires, clean, fetch things, fold clothes, serve food, pour wine, as well as any other command I give that a normal servant could do. Perfect. Wait, within, wait oh. what about the windows? Well, within two minutes, as he says these words, the cl- the curtains, one by one, seem to shut on their own somehow. Just like, shink, shink, shink. And then there's a little spark near the fireplace, and the fire roars. And then you hear some pots and pans moving around in the kitchen. And as you peer towards the back of the house, you see that pots and pans are kind of floating to this, like, um, this, uh, you know, wooden table that's meant for chopping vegetables. And then, like, carrots and, and radishes and are, are being peeled by this knife that begins floating around. They're getting put into the pot and you just see something invisible preparing food uh, from your vantage point at the front door to the kitchen. Now, due to that delightful smell, I would have to assume there's a poor dead soul in here, so let us tidy up a bit further and I will crank my radiant hose down to the bottom level <laughs> to cast prestidigitation and kind of like a leaf blower I just start cleaning <laughs> up the area. <laughs> all right. And you start cleaning up the area. All the dust begins going away. The place begins smelling better with each press to digitate pulse that you do from your gun. Uh, Hendry, uh, perhaps it's a job for you, Hope. There is surely an old dead soul in here. Could you locate them, please, while I tidy up? Yes. Uh, Blood Skunk, would you come with? By all means, and I'll deep deep bow and then follow her. Okay. Uh, so uh, in this house, you know, it's it's what you would think of a medieval opulent mansion. It has a nice dining area. Has this entertaining room that's you know living room style. There's a kitchen area. Um, it's not one of the richest places, so it's not a kind of place that would have servants or a lot of servants. Um. And there's a passage, there's a door that you assume is leading down to a basement, just judging by the look, if there's a red door. And then there's a stairwell um, that moves along a wall in the front entrance that leads up to the second floor. All right. Let's try upstairs. Okay. And as you move to the second floor and move up the stairs, you begin to be able to see what's on the balcony of that floor. And you see that there's two suits of plate armor uh, set up against the back of the wall. There's a passage to the left and right and you see that they head down to the various bedrooms of the second floor. Uh, the stairs continue on to a third floor. Uh, let's start with the second floor, starting left and then going all right. around. Alright, for expediency's sake, uh, you begin exploring all of the rooms. Um, you, most of the doors are ajar in here. They weren't closed. As you look in, you see the various chambers of different people, and everything looks very well kept. 
Um, but you find nobody on the second floor. However, you do notice that where the stairwell is, the scent is strongest. Okay, so back to the stairwell and then up to level three. All right, and you continue your way up to the third floor. And the third floor is a little different. There's a large foyer here. And basically there's um, <clears throat> uh, uh, this open area where there's like a breakfast table. It looks like sort of a lounge that's open up, has a lot of windows. And then onto the other side of the stairwell, there's a door. The double door, actually. It's wood, and the smell is strongest from up here. All right, Blood Skunk. Shall we open the door? With all haste, and I'll I'll do the honors and open the door. You rush open to open the door, and a blast of just disgusting decay smell just launches into your nose. Constitution save for the two of you, please. All right. Hold on. Oh, plus two. That's better than nothing. All right. Here we go. 22. Oh, that's a nat 20. Nice. (laughs) Well, you both save from being, from having to throw up. Um, Scott or blood skunk. You will not throw up for the next hour due to your awesome roll. All right. Um, As you open up the door, you see that there is, this is a large opulent room. It has all kinds of animals like uh, taxiderma style up on the walls. There's a massive bookshelf and a study table, like an office desk. This is just an opulent room of someone very wealthy. The thing that has your attention the most is hanging from a rafter in the ceiling is a rotten, bloated corpse. It's fat and it's naked. Just how I like it. Do you uh, say that? No, I say... Um, <laughs> uh, I'll say, my queen with my single clown eye. Oh, no, I have two eyes. I'm thinking of Nash. I spy on the wall a fat, naked man, a corpse. I only know he's a man because, look, behold his doodle. (laughs) Shall I tear it? He hawks his nose after. Shall I cut it down? Please. <laughs> All right, I'll get up there and cut cut it down with my. Uh, is it hanging bow from like rope? It's hanging from a rafter up top. The ceiling is exposed. There's not a closed ceiling, so you see rafters all along the top, and the rope he's tied to is hanging off one of them. Uh, I'd like there's to actually a little, shoot the chair lying on its side oh, okay. underneath his feet. So like this looks like a suicide. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to shoot the rope with an arrow rather okay. than climb Attack up there. Roll, please. All right. Fifteen. All right, you hit the rope, and it frays, and it doesn't rip completely, so it doesn't look as cool as you hope it would because the roll is not that high. Um, it cuts it to the side, and roll your damage dice, please. All right. Sorry, Whoops. The damage dice part. Wrong one. Jeez, Louises. All right. Um, damage dice. It's not working. Why? Oh, the page froze up. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Uh, now oh, I got to remember what I hit for. I okay, one d eight plus three. Waste that arrow. One d eight plus three. Hold on a second. Plus one, two, three. Okay, that's a total of nine damage. Okay, so the rope splits in half, and the body hits the ground. 
awesome. with a wet thud and um, the blood sort of squirts out from a weaker part where the flesh is and there's this goop of blood just goes that's the floor gross alright yeah. it's um, like black thick and coagulated but uh, still liquid would you like me to investigate the body uh that or Dr. Spider might want to look at it. That's a good point. We could check the room, see if there are any notes or anything. Grand idea. All right, so I'll look around and see what I can see. All right, investigation roll, please. Okay. That would be a 12. And I got a 14. You guys look around and you find that this particular gentleman was in life uh, a fan of military history. Most of the books on the bookshelf have titles that suggest uh, tales of old battles from places you've never heard of. Uh, There's nothing unusual about the room. Uh, There's nothing that you find that's strange about any of the stuffed animals on the walls. Uh, You know, mostly wildlife animals, things of nature, nothing crazy in here. Um, there's some notes. There's a few love letters that you find in the desk drawer, but they look old and aged uh, to someone called Marianne. And um, doesn't appear to be any suicide note, however. And yeah, I mean, you know, there's all the kind of random stuff you might find in, in a place like this. Clothes, uh, office, parchment, uh, not office, ink and quills, parchment, about it personal like artifacts like little emblems and seals and things of that nature in a collection in a a drawer not much here my queen no I say we go back down after you and I bow deeply and wave toward the door two of you return to the main floor and Dr. Spider and the unseen servant are still hard at work cleaning and preparing the place it looked like it was a suicide on the third floor. Oh, they had the best stories. Good. The guest of honor for tonight's dinner. Uh, Milkins, dress him, please, if you could. And, uh, fancy him up a bit? Thank you, dear. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, I send my unseen servant upstairs to dress him, uh, press to digitate him, clean the body, and bring it downstairs. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, if, if you would like to speed through the master plan of Dr. Spider, uh, he pulls out a chair for each one of you individually. Dinner is served, and he casts Speak with Dead and enjoys a delightful meal listening to the many stories of this fine gentleman. Okay, so we're not going to roleplay this whole event then, okay? Because we're, we're, it's meant just to be a stopping off point so you get your long rest in before <laughs> you guys... We'll have the longest amount of time between the point where you start going like, damn it, when's the last time we've long rested? Because <laughs> yeah. message received from our last episode. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. Yeah. All right. So uh, Dr. Spider entertains the three of you with the questions he asks using Speak With Dead of this corpse. Things such as... What kind of questions might you oh, ask? Like, like, like the most biggest... An- open-ended questions I can. So, you know, tell me about your job and what you do. And this love of yours, tell me of them. What a delightful story it must be. And just let the corpse rant away and enjoy a cup of tea when it's all over. 
and then po- uh, take from his pocket the keys and go around and put each person in a room at night and close their door and good night, good night. Okay, perfect. And just for everyone's imagination, the the ghost, the, not the ghost, but the the person's name was Davies Reese, and he was an accountant, and he his family around him were slowly taken by various diseases, and he was lonely, and he felt unfulfilled, and he decided life wasn't really worth living and he took his own life and so that that's the entertaining tales he's telling so i'm not sure if everyone finds them as equally as entertaining as <laughs> oh, oh and dr spider puts down his glass and claps a little bit and says delightful dude such diseases ah i remember diseases <laughs> <laughs> all right and so everyone long rest long rest your characters okay awesome oh my lord oh Confirm. All right, and so everyone finds a place here to sleep. Doctor Spider, where's your preferred sleeping place? <laughs> like you're the expert on this, it seems. Oh, I take the I take the master bedroom. I make a real mess of it, webbing up the joint, and you know, blankets hanging from the rafters by strands and all that business. All right, and Bloodskunk, where do you sleep? Um, curled up, fetal style, on the floor, anywhere. Doesn't matter where. Okay. With a grin on my face. Where does a minotaur sleep in a place like this? Uh, Sirius would just take whatever room is near Hope. That's his charge to guard, so he would need to be nearby, but he sleeps like a person. Mm -hmm. He's the kind of person. I almost picture him sleeping on a chair by Hope's room rather than in a bed. Um, Is that right? No, he goes to bed. He folds his suit, calls it a day. Puts hmm. the sword up against the wall, lays down. He he rests, but okay. makes sure that he's up bright and early before the person he's he's looking after, and you know he goes to bed after them. All right, and hope uh, you're going to take one of the bedrooms. All right, perfect. So you all sleep soundly. Get your long rest in. And uh, the morning comes quick. Everyone wakes up pretty early, eager to get the day on, but none earlier than Sterius. And with everyone awake, I imagine Dr. Spider will also perform a similar ritual for the morning breakfast with the food remaining in the house. Uh, So that occurs, and there's an entertaining breakfast to be had. And we're now all seated at the dining table in the dining room. uh, With uh, What kind of breakfast would you make? Eggs? Uh, whatever's freshest. So, you know, probably some sausages that were hanging in the kitchens and using Mm -hmm. up the last of the uh, vegetables that may have survived till this time. All right. So Dr. Spider's prepared uh, a a hearty breakfast for your long trek ahead of you. Um, Any discussion about the day's events now occurs as the sun begins to shine through the curtains. Little slivers of sunlight shine into the house. Did everyone sleep well? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, yes. Good, good. Wasn't this delightful? More delightful than some dreary old inn and being assassinated in the night, perhaps? You bring up. This was great. But I've realized going forward the reaction that men had to the place we have to go to, I don't think we'll find it easily. Especially not with the way we all look. But we need to find it nonetheless. 
Are you suggesting that our kind wouldn't enjoy some cardinal pleasures, I assure you? Um, uh, that is not the case. <laughs> uh, just because we lay in a corner doesn't mean we don't enjoy the time we've had together. I wasn't suggesting... You know, no, I was saying people might be less inclined to tell us about it. Or to even admit that they know what it is. I see, I see. So you wish to formulate a plan, then? Yes. But we also need to look like we belong here. Otherwise, they might find us again. Because that man was talking to the honorarium or whatever they're called. Honorium. Well, we have... Uh... The opportunity to dress as accountants, if that would please you, here in this house. Yes. I have no such magics that could bear us hence in such a way. Sterius sits up and adjusts his suit. Shows that... And, uh, the suit's taking care of itself. No more holes. It's, uh, looking good this morning. It looks professional. Interesting. Yes. And then Hope will look at Blood Skunk. I think we might need to find you some clothes. These leathers I wear this day are desired among all my people. But fine, I'll wear what you want. Uh, Dr. Spider, would you dress everyone? Of course, uh, Nurse Wilkins, and I will recast Unseen Servant. We are on parade today. Let us fetch this poor man's clothes, who was left in the chair overnight, and dress up. Yes, and perhaps a fine hat for myself. <laughs> okay. I hope are you partaking in clothes, or are we just fixing blood skunk? Hope will use her <laughs> necklace to change into a human. Okay. Perfect. Not that that is, anything. for our listeners, reminder, that necklace is? Necklace of Infinite Appearances. Necklace of Infinite Appearances. And you can cast it at will to alt its alter self. Perfect. So you're now a human. All right, I have to write that down. And the distinguishing clothing trait? as well? Uh, it doesn't link to the thing, right? So let me just up alter self real quick. I believe so. I believe it's like a magical illusion. Okay. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. You assume a different form. When you cast a spell, you have following options. The effects of which last for duration. Change appearance. You decide what you look like, including your height, weight, facial features, sound of your voice, hair length, coloration, distinction characteristics. characteristics. So no. This is about changing your appearance. Doesn't sound like it changes your clothes. Oh, That seems weird, though. What? Well, would it just be her? Well, that makes sense because what if you made you know yeah, if you made a pig look like a dog, but you still have to decide what it's wearing? Yeah, you still have your clothes. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mention. It says sound of your voice, hair, weight, facial, like everything, but it doesn't yeah. say. It's you. It's you that's changing magically, not what you're wearing. Okay, cool. So hopeful. Go. I'm not 100 percent on that, but yeah. Cool. It doesn't say clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's. Totally fine. So, so Hope will go find a dress in the house and then alter her body to fit 
whatever would fit best within that dress size. Are you pulling a cloud strife? What? <laughs> well, you're changing your appearance and then dressing up like you're human and you're gussying up to like look the part. Am I understanding that right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, I mean, how how much effort? Are you just finding whatever or are you actually tryharding? Because you, you have been a queen before, so you have the ability to go hard in the paint, so to speak. Yeah. Um, okay, so she would want to look for an outfit that's modest but not too modest because they're looking for a house of ill repute. So okay. she would want people to question if she's a lady of ill repute or not. Gotcha. So something a little more on the racy side. Yeah. Okay. So um, as you go to look through the drawers and closets of this ill-fated man, you realize that this person's wife must have died some time ago and had not had the heart to part with any of the clothes. However, a lot of what's available are not very trendy frocks. More of the housewife persuasion. So think, you know, a little more. It's it's definitely modest stuff, even though it looks expensive. Is there a muumuu with like a hole in a sheet modest. kind of thing? There's like a hole right in the middle and that's it? Anything I like mean, that? it's medieval fair. We're not talking earth fashions here. So <laughs> we're talking frocks. Okay. Okay. In that case, hope we'll go with an old lady. Okay. So you alter your appearance to be a bit older. And, you know, the frocks are quality made. They're just, there's nothing racy about any of them or ill repute looking yeah. about any of it. Cool. All right. So you take on the appearance of an old lady wearing a an expensive but very modest frock. Dr. Spider, you found the hat you want? Of course. Yeah. What kind of hat is it? Fedora? Beret? I was picturing a fedora, yes. Uh, this is the kind of man that might have a fedora that he bought thinking he'd wear it a lot more than he did. So just kind of sitting in the closet. I'd say tri-corner if not available. Okay. <laughs> and this is all in character. Uh. Having a conversation with the closet as he goes. <laughs> I don't know what a tri-corner is. Tri- like a tri-corn hat. Like the- oh, tri-corn. I was yeah. looking for a corner. Okay. Uh, there's no tri-corn here. That's a very distinct look. Not one for an accountant. You do Excellent. find a top hat, though, with a feather in it. Not a top hat, oh. but, you know, a fedora. A fedora, yeah. Lovely, a fedora. And, I'll, and I'll take a vest to match. <laughs> okay, there's a vest in there. You find it. It's modest, but pinstripe. Beautiful. Matches well with the other clothes. Old three-piece Spider-Man. And, and for you, Blood Skunk. And what are we dressing Blood Skunk in? Oh, uh, he's all uh, like clown complexion, right? Yeah, yeah. Real patchy the, though. The, the original white guy. Yeah, <laughs> the patchy and like gross kind of. It's not or an actual white guy. Yeah, it's not. It's not like perfect paint, it, it, and it's not even paint. It's skin tone, but it's real blotchy. All right. Well, we'll do what we can with him. All right. Do you want to give him like a something you know more reflective of a magistrate, which would be more robe-like, sure. flowing pants and and sort of yeah. frilly top, like a blouse with with an <laughs> overcoat and a cape. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I love a good robe. All right. 
So the, <laughs> so do you get dressed in front? How do you do dressing? Is The clothes, you're wearing them. They're not part of your essence or anything, right? I mean, I'm just going to put them on top of everything. <laughs> that's okay. So I'm wearing, hey, I'm keeping the leathers the underneath. I yeah. think of that I was looking for. Yeah. Perfect. You put on all the clothes on top. Yeah. You are now look like a very stuffy clown wearing like an accountant's medieval accountant suit with a giant <laughs> bag of arrows on your back. Okay. Perfect. Are you all ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, everyone looks so lovely. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you tonight or yesterday. Uh, now, my favorite part of this entire ordeal. Um, pen and paper, uh, Miss Wilkins, thank you. And the pot from the kitchen, if you may. Ah, yes. And I sit down at the table and write a beautiful suicide note. Just, uh, just emotional, page after page. Throw it in the pot. And as we leave, I cast Wall of Fire inside the house. <laughs> oh, you write the letter and then set it on fire? No, I put okay. it inside the cooking pot. Oh, so it's safe. Perfect. Gotcha. And you light the house on fire? The burn down the house, yes. Great. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Spider emerges back into the main foyer with a little bit of smoke coming up from the kitchen and says, Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the party exits the house quickly. Um, no smoke is exiting the house as you make your way back to the gate um it's easy enough to walk through where Sterius left a hole so everyone kind of steps into the bars and gets out onto this cobblestone road where would you like to go i guess we need uh i don't want to go back to where we were because the group is very recognizable even with the fine clothing Mm-hmm. Um, so Hope would scan the horizon and see if there's another area that looks like it has shopping or taverns. Uh, it's hard to say. This area is dominated by a lot of, like, ten-foot walls around houses, so it's difficult to make out whether there be a settlement or not. But you're on a path with only one direction, so if you're not going to go towards back towards that settlement, you can continue on down the road and see what you find. Cool. The other way. All right. So, uh, you know, it's now morning. The the illumination of Sigil is starting to take hold. And as you make your way down the cobblestone road, you see that um, there is an elf. Uh, and he's just exiting his gate and closes it. And he looks to, at you guys. And he says, oh, hello there. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Are you new around here? Oh, yes. Quite new. I've not seen one such as you before. Yes. Uh, what is this? This business upon you? You are some sort of spider. Uh, yes. Yes, a doctor uh, spider of sorts. Yeah. Uh, you've moved to the neighborhood then? Uh, uh, quite new recently, yes. Well, welcome. What house are you living in? Uh, thank you. Thank you. We are just about to procure said house, actually. We're heading mm -hmm. now to the mm -hmm. real estate firm. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh, and, and which house is it? Uh, I'm excited to know. Well, we're you not seem like an interesting bunch. We're not quite sure. Uh, dear me, does that house appear to be a flame down the street? Why? Why? Yes, I, I, I see the smoke. Uh, perhaps it's coming from um, Davy's kitchen. Davy? Oh, 
Well, that's Davy's house down the road there, man. Oh, dear. We should alert somebody. <laughs> well, no, it's it's just the kitchen, I'm sure. Oh, In fact, I got to tell you, it's quite a relief seeing smoke from me. I haven't heard from Davies in some time. Beginning to worry about him. Oh, good. Well, I look forward to meeting Davy someday. Uh, if, if you may please, we have an appointment. Oh, an appointment? Okay, well, let me not hold you up then. Hmm? What's that? Sorry? Right, uh, cheerio. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is a good cheerio indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you continue along your way, and that elf sort of just shrugs his shoulders and makes his way back into his house. He doesn't seem that concerned about the fire because um, it hasn't grown to that size yet. And you continue along the way, and you get to an intersection, and it, the road goes into three different ways. You can turn left, or you can turn right down the border of a hill, or left up a hill. Uh, let's go left up the hill. All right. So you guys begin exerting yourself and sweating as you're now walking up a hill, and this, you know, beginning to get warm out. As you make your way up this hill, it begins to become apparent that there's a lot of trees on this road. And, and the houses that you walk by, um, the walls start to get a little higher. So you can kind of see trees over the walls, but the houses begin begin becoming harder to harder to, harder and harder to see. And as you move down this road, it winds left and then winds right. And it comes up to this point where you're looking at a dead end. And the hill goes all the way up this small incline to a house at the end of the road with... Um, of rather large walls and gargoyle statues at the top of each little um, place, you know, where the wall would there be like a little tower or whatever you would call it. The wall stops, a little gargoyle, that's sort of ha- how it is. And there's a rather large building full of windows, but they seem closed up, darkened, can't see in them. And the gate is, this gate is open. And you see inside that there are horses tied to you know whatever they get tied to and carriages and the like and there's a, a figure you can't make out what it is standing at a front doorway with sets of stairs leading down to where the horses are should we go in and ask what is our goal we have to find that house of delights Perhaps we would get there sooner with horses we procure from these idiots. <laughs> we take their horses. Perhaps the spider burns them as well, and we go. The spider? Hmm? Do we go in? Well, I supplied a, a delightful, restful evening. The rest is your plan, my lady. Though burning a horse might be difficult, blood skunk. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'd steal the horses, see. We'd make them ours. Let any extras leave. Then we would have steeds. And there's no sign on the wall or anything? Perhaps we could ride... this vantage point. You're at the end of the road looking towards this. One of us could ride on the back of the cow. As needed. <laughs> All right, let's walk up. 
All right. Being uncertain if this is the right way. And you know that feeling when you're walking around and you hate wasting time walking around because it's all this energy to walk somewhere. You're not sure if it's the right place. So you kind of begrudgingly make your way towards the gate. As you walk up this road and make it towards the gate, you notice that someone exits from the building and begins also walking towards the gate. And as you get to the gate, this person is human. He's got a mustache, like mustache and like a sideburn, like long sideburns, black hair, thick and matted. And he's, you know, wearing sort of a noble's clothes. And he looks a little out of sorts, like he's cold and he's holding his elbows. And he walks close to you and he's sort of got these bloodshot eyes. And he looks and he looks to you. And then he quickly looks the other way and starts walking faster. Uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, what, uh, could you tell me what that building is you just came from? Um, We're looking I, for some place called the House of Delights? Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, miss. No, no delights here. And he continues walking past you. Can I roll an insight check? Mm-hmm. Uh, 25. Okay, your insight tells you that he, this person is feeling guilt or shame of some kind and concealing things from you and just doesn't want to talk to you. Okay, hope we'll keep going then through the gate toward the big house. Okay, you move through the gate and you see standing atop the stairs, this that humanoid figure that was standing there is now in vision and you see that there's a human up there and he's dressed kind of like Sterius. He's got a nice business suit on. Very modern looking. Very alien for this type of area. He's standing at the top with a tie and his blazer. And he looks out towards the both of you and he goes Welcome! Welcome! No mode of transportation for the both of you? Uh, we're new to the area. Oh, and you've just happened to wander upon the premises, I take it? Yes. The, but the premises of what? Well, the premises of my master's abode. Oh, pardon us, then. Yes, if you're not here to see my master, then you've definitely come to the wrong place. Uh, Perhaps uh, if you tell me where you were headed with your companions. And he yes. sort of slows down, he looks at your companions. Uh, the House of Delights, actually. Oh. Oh. And, um, and on what business uh, do you seek out such a place? Um. Portal here, a portal there? You wish to go to a House of Delights to find portals? Hmm. And who sent you? Tabacho? Your name, please? I love it as a question. <laughs> Tabacho? Tabacho? Your name, please? Candace. Middle I... name, Hope. Ah. He lowers his voice and he looks at you and he says, I'm not sure why the disguise was necessary. Tobacco told us you would be coming. 
Oh my god. And then she'll drop the disguise and go back to the tiefling. Ah, there we are. I was told to expect a tiefling. And here you are. Are you ready? Oh, but look back at the three. We ready? You've indeed found the House of Delights. Now, I can't take you upon your way. However, should you wish to have some delight before proceeding to wherever it is that you're going? I, Granston, wait a second. <laughs> I can't wait for what this is. Granston Penny Knuckle. <laughs> I forgot what I had for the last name. All right, this is what we're going to go with. Granston Rube. <laughs> I'm Granston Rube, and I am, um... One of the um, impresarios of the House of Delights, where you find yourself. Please, come in. And with that, he sort of snaps his fingers, and the doors just kind of open. And there's this opulent red carpet that rolls inside, and you see these beautiful, beautiful columns of ivory into this large room with a checkerboard floor. It says, come on in. Come into the house. We will take good care of you. Come, come. Hope enters. All right, and the party, I assume, follows, so everyone goes in, and then he walks at your side as you make your way down this long red carpet, this giant ballroom uh, with these large pillars in it. He goes, welcome to the House of Delights. There's no, there's nothing that we can't procure here for you. If you're a friend of Tabacho's, that must mean you are a friend of means, certainly. If there's anything that I can do for you to offer you a delight I would love to do so please define delights oh no 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 we do not define delights here we provide them what delights you my white friend of many arrows (laughs) (laughs) watching Mimes be tortured in front of me. Oh, that is quite specific. Are you familiar with a mime? I do know about the art of mimery. You bring a mime. You tear him limb from limb. You will find me very satisfied with your delights. I can provide this for you. I may need some time, as it's a very specific request. Glorious. 50,000 gold pieces for such a service. Oh, my lord. I would like to retract my request. We don't have that kind of scratch. Never mind. I'll use my imagination. Unless I could trade you, perhaps... Arrows? (laughs) (laughs) You'd need quite a lot of arrows, and in spite of the impressive amount you carry upon your back, I don't believe you have enough arrows to satisfy that price. Perhaps something a little more humble. Would you like a dog to beat up? (laughs) (laughs) I actually like dogs, so you can't bring me a dog to beat up, no. Oh. Perhaps, Perhaps all I need... Do you have any balloons? 
The long, skinny kind you can twist around and make wiener dogs from. A balloon? Yes. Do they have balloons in medieval times? Is that like is, is that in the Forgotten Realms book? I they have them. In, I don't know if balloon, balloons were invented, but I don't think they have balloons. Someone probably inflated a sheep's intestine. Yeah, make condoms and stuff. Right. Good point. We'll go with that. Okay. Do you have sheep's intestines, preferably very elastic ah, ones? Ah, you wish to inflate a sheep's intestine for your pleasure? Yes. <laughs> Yes. This we can do. It will take a bit of time, but we do have sheep on the premises and the farm out back. And the, um, pr- the price? Three hours and... What is your price? Uh, 50 gold pieces and we'll give you 12 sheep intestines for you to play with as much as you wish. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, it's <laughs> the best... Uh, I'm not sure what the going rate is. Forgive me if it's a bit low. Dr. Spider, I require a loan. (laughs) I'll pay it back with interest. I do not doubt that, but it seems off the beaten path, yes? Well, it's only for tonight. Actually, I don't know what our schedule is. (laughs) It's morning. You're here to take a portal. And I'm offering you stuff as flavor for the experience of being in the House of Delights. But, you know, you go ahead and knock yourself out. Okay, I'll, this is what I'll, I'll say. All right, listen, we've, we're in a hurry. So do you have the inflatable sheepskin at the ready? Only a bit. <laughs> just a bit of it. I don't need it. We'll just, we've, we've got to slaughter the sheep. Oh, well then. We, we, can, we can do that now. No, forget to- it. This is to, you, 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 you guys need a more turnkey solution to my needs. We're leaving. We're going through the portal. Forget it. I'll find other I'm, I'm mimes sorry, to torture. It's fine. Our delights are not to your to your measure. I, what we can do is we can make an appointment, and that way at that time we'll have all the sheep's intestines <laughs> ready for you, and you may begin without impatience. Perhaps. You are, you are agitated now. It's not the best time when you're agitated to play with the sheep's intestines. <laughs> it's fine. We have a mission to co- to accomplish. When we return, perhaps I will dilly and dally with your sheep's intestines. But for now, no deal. Very well. Follow me to the basement, and then he takes you to the back of the ballroom. And then there's this um, antechamber. It's got a piano in it. Looks like almost like a green room for the main stage. There's, you know, tables, chairs, a little kitchen area. And he moves uh, to a stair, a wood, wood stairs. He says down here, and he, he goes down, and you enter down into a large dungeon-ass dungeon. So there's brick walls everywhere. There are weird tables and X-shaped things with ropes and belts all over the place. There's a table filled with strange implements, both wood, metal, both wood and metal. And he walks you past them and he says, some of our most frequent requests are for delights of the flesh. Uh, if that sort of thing is not to your taste, then please ignore it and we'll move through here quickly. And then he continues uh, past this room and into he opens up a door. And inside this door is a room, it's a closet, and it appears to be filled full of whips of different sizes, shapes, makes, materials... It's a room entirely full of whips hanging from the sides. And then he says, in there, 
You oh. may get in the closet. Okay. There's enough room for all of you. Hope we'll walk into the closet. Kind of like push some of the whips out of the way. Yep. Serious moves in. Alright, Dr. Spider says yes. A blood skunk, do you move in? I do. Okay, and since you're the last to move in, he hands you a carrot. What? From, what is the carrot? carrot what is the carrot for? This is this this carrot will not enter my body. The four of you will need to eat a carrot. Oh, or this will not work properly. You have to have a carrot undigested in your belly. I thought perhaps take you a piece would of the carrot penetrate us with your carrot. Please Here. take a piece of the carrot and each of you eat it. How much of the carrot? A fourth. Four of you. <laughs> One fourth for each of you. Do you have a peeler for the carrot? <laughs> no. Gross. Alright, give me my fourth. Let's do this. He hands you the whole carrot. Me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, you first, our queen. And I'll I'll break off a fourth and hand it to her. Thank you. And hope we'll eat it. And then I will break the other three thirds, two thirds, and give them around to everybody, and then I'll take mine and eat it. Okay, now one last instruction. This is very important. Um, do hold on to one of the whips in this room. It will ground you if you don't hold on to one. It may not work. I don't know what happens when you don't hold a whip because they don't come back. All right, you 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 all tucked in in there now. I hope we'll grab a whip. All right, and the light gets smaller, and his face and he closes. He's got just his face in there. All right, stay tight. It'll all be over soon. And he locks the door, and here, click, 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 and the door locks. <clears throat> There's a moment of quiet, and then you hear, <clears throat> "All right, this one here, this one there, and this one we spread a little bit everywhere." And then as he says that, little sprinkles begin emerging from the ceiling. And then the ceiling opens up. This large mouth just kind of like goes made of the stone. And the mouth lowers over top of you. And all the whips go flying all over the place. This big cyclone of like air. And they're whipping you all like, ah! And then the mouth comes down and goes, and with the mouth comes down. It's not that it's eating you, it's that a whole new world just completely descends upon you and whoosh, all of a sudden you're in a, in a world of complete shades of gray. You look everywhere, you see that the ground is made of soil. Just just this dry, dry gray soil everywhere, like dust, dirt, desert sand. And you look around and you see nothing but gray. The sky is not light, but it's not dark. It's just gray. And as you look at your hands, like, well, first, this feeling, this ill feeling of malaise enters all of you. Uh, please make a sa- constitution saving throw, please. 19. A 25. A 13. A 10. All right, and as you look around and you observe, because everything's shades of gray, you don't see a single person or building in sight, 
But you do see, see each other, but you notice that Dr. Spider and Bloodskunk Henderson begin losing their color and begin turning gray, and they both begin to immediately get melancholy and depressed. Oh. I need sheep's stomach to make balloons with me. And with that, that's where we'll leave it this week. <laughs> and there will be dungeons. Oh my gosh. All right. Damn it. I don't know what this means for us. Are we going to come back with these characters next week? Do you know? I think we should, but mm. I don't want to spend too much time away from our main characters either. So mm. we'll decide. We'll find out. Okay. Well, uh, it's up to you guys. What do you, you know, let me know how you you know you feel about next week we'll, we'll do that. see and now that me and spider-man are in peril we got to figure something out uh all right well that'll do it for today's edition of there will be dungeons come back next week and resolve this cliffhanger with us won't you if you have any questions or feelings or thoughts you can contact us at the website there will be dungeons.com you can also go there and sign up for our dungeons plus membership and your great benefits for supporting the show thank you to everybody who already does that will do it for us Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.